for club and you ain't in it full of psychopaths who believe in eugenics it's an evil club and you ain't in it full of psychopaths who believe in eugenics it's an evil club and you ain't in it all right i got you now i just had craig and um caleb craig and caleb yep yeah i just had them so i invited them so hopefully they'll pick okay you got craig now Hey, buddy. Hey, Craig, you can hear us? Yeah, yeah, man, I'm here. Hey, I'm And I think we got Caleb. Caleb, can you hear us? I can hear you. Okay, cool. One more time. Craig, you sounded a little funny. Go for it. Can you... I can hear you. You just you sounded a little weird. Try one more time. So, can you hear me? Yeah, much better. Clear and That's pretty good. All right. Yep. So I've Tony, got, you kind of sound sounds like this is on speakerphone. Like it, I can't put it to my ears, so I'm just it's on speaker, right? Okay. Well, you sound good. Yeah. I think you could do it right on the phone. I have it. I got a nice pair of headphones that I put on, and then I stick it right in the fucking the phone's pussy, and then I talk right into it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> so. That's Welcome, everybody. But... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we get a little raunchy on the show. Uh, I'm sorry, Caleb. Uh, I'm offending your your athlete ears right now. I'm, I'm, I'm a new Catholic. My ears are so bad. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's good. All right. Uh, welcome, everybody. This is the Reality Zars podcast, and we're your hosts, Nate and Tony. And we got two awesome guests on today, and we're going to be discussing a pretty cool podcast that we heard. So what's that crazy noise in the background? <laughs> Anyways, it doesn't matter. So I want uh, – let's start with Caleb. Caleb, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about how you became a libertarian anarchist. Okay, no problem. Um, I'm Caleb. I run the uh, Catholic Libertarian YouTube page. I sit post a lot on Twitter, but not as well as Nate over here. Um, uh, came to Liberty through Joe Jorgensen. See, so, uh, the episode was Tom Woods. Since so I watched that from Tom Woods, I found Ron Paul, Mary Rothbard, Ludwig von Mises, Dave Smith, and just started reading and watching. And so I was like, well, I can't prove any of this wrong. And it's very catchy and makes you always be, gives you the framework to always be right. So, uh, when was it? That's where I'm at now. A uh, bit, bit of an ANCAP and I'm Catholic. That's awesome, man. I almost think it might be your audio, Caleb. I hear a, do I hear an echo of you? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, I can't hear myself, but I'm using my nice, I'm using my computer mic and everything. And so I don't gotcha. Think... Does anybody else hear that? Does anybody else hear that in the background? Am I crazy? Am I the crazy one? Yeah, you're crazy. I don't, I, don't hear it. I don't hear it at all. Okay. Well, I'll just pretend it doesn't exist then. Okay. Craig, why don't you introduce yourself, buddy? I am Craig Hargis from the Bad Roman Project. And you know me very well, sir, that you, since you work on our project as well. Yes. And I'm just happy to be here, man. We're just no king but Christ. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about whatever y'all want to talk about. Cool, man. We're happy to have you. Uh, it's, so, it's kind of exciting for me, too, because I, I love what y'all are doing. Like, I listen to y'all's show, and it 
it'll send you down a rabbit hole, which is I'm all about rabbit holes. <laughs> Dude, we go down some fucking rabbit holes. For sure. <laughs> well, uh, this so I guess this episode I wanted to preface it by saying um, that I love Dave Smith. Dave Smith is uh, so anything that I say on this episode, I'm not throwing shade at him or necessarily even the LPMC. I mean, I kind of am, but kind of <laughs> not. So uh, I, without Dave Smith uh, and without Tom Woods and Jason Stapleton, I wouldn't have become a libertarian and eventually an anarchist. So I just wanted to, uh, and then I also want the, uh, the audience to know where we're all coming from. So I think Tony, you're kind of Mises caucus adjacent slash sympathetic maybe, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm down for it, and I, um, yeah, I'm, I'm assuming you're going to talk about the debate part of the podcast. Okay, and uh, Caleb, you're an active member of the Mises Caucus, right? I got the hoodie and everything, yeah. There you go. Craig, you are an anti-political voluntarist who wants nothing to do with any political party, correct? Yes, sir. All right, you could that's just what say, I thought. You could just say autistic, <laughs> we all know what he meant. Yeah. And uh, I myself, I would guess I would call myself agnostic as far as using the political system to achieve our end goal of a voluntarist society. So I guess that makes me the pussy. Like, am I the neutral one? I guess. I don't know. Um, Can I add something real quick? Let, let yes. listen. And it was something that uh, Bruxy Cavey said on our show. He said, we're going to have very uh, strong opinions about the state. But it's not my thing. Now I, I want to put that out there too. Like I'm going to have opinions. Anybody that has followed me for any time or, or, or followed the Bad Roman Project knows that I have strong opinions about the state. But it's not my thing. It's not something I'm going to involve myself with because I've got another key. Hundred percent. And I know exactly where you're coming from because well, I work with you closely, and <laughs> I respect yeah. that a lot. So, I appreciate that. You as well. Um, so let's start this with uh, this guy is named uh, where the fuck are my notes? Matt Terrible at this. Yeah. Is, uh, this guy's name is Matt Erickson. Uh, I listened to him on Pete's podcast and I gotta say he kind of fucking blew my socks off. He yeah. kind of encapsulated like a million different thoughts that I've been having. And I mean, I think you and you and me, Tony, have been already talking about ways that we can get more radical and how we can see like an end to the state. Like we've been talking about like different ways of like seceding by taking over a little small town by doing all kinds of weird radical methods. And I think I think this guy's a fellow traveler. Um, I'm actually uh, I got a hold of him through a friend, and I'm actually going to be able to get him on. I think in the next couple weeks which I'm pretty excited about because I want to pick his brain. But so I think we're just going to kind of go through uh, most of this episode or like, I think everyone here is probably taking some notes uh, and just, we're just going to kind of dissect it a little bit because he really just the nail in the coffin for the libertarian party in my, in my opinion. Uh, but I want to know what all you guys think. So let's start with, uh, Maybe let's talk about this one first, okay? What is the reason why we can't win uh, 
the reason why we can't win isn't our arguments. Why aren't they more attractive? I think it's because, like, uh, like a, he said in the video, like everybody says, uh, it's uh, mentions quote: "The average man doesn't want uh, liberty; he wants safety and security." You know, when you argue for self ownership in any sense, that requires responsibility, and they don't want that. They want someone else to be responsible. Mm-hmm. Okay. I what do you think? A lot of it is the way that we market our ideas. I think that to say that our ideas are like, I think that yeah, I think everyone wants safety. If I, if you get a bunch of people shoot at each other, and I say, "Hey, get in my car," but you gotta do exactly what you want. I want you to do. You're gonna get in that car in that moment. Hmm. I mean, no one's just gonna be like, "No, fuck that." So I think that we have to work on getting people to a level of self-sufficiency. At that point, everyone wants to be free. So I think that you can't have like any kind of talk of freedom until you have self-sufficiency. And I think you've got to show people how they can do that. So that would be my argument. I don't think that's true at all. I don't, I don't think that people, the majority of folks want to be free. We've, wit- we've witnessed this over the last 16, 17, 18 months. I don't think the majority of folks want to be free. They want to be secure. They want to be safe. They don't care about liberty. And and, and Matt made a great point during that episode when he said that libertarians are selling a product that nobody wants to buy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so, mm-hmm. and he was right because people aren't buying into that. Republicans, Democrats, they're not interested in freedom. If they were, they wouldn't be supporting any of that garbage. Well, I think this um, shows something that the, the most, convict, uh, most convincing all the people who are focused on security is so how much more of a risk the state and the police and that kind of things are. Like if you show them the um, how it's actually more dangerous because you can't trust people um, who are over you, and you have to be involved in it every day, and that's so it's like actually not safe now. And if you can show them that, then the arguments that, well, where am I safest? Where that goes to uh, free society, more or less. If you can lead them that path. And so like, you have to show that they're not actually safe where they are now, so they're going to be safer in the future. That's how I've had so, any luck convincing people. I, I guess what my thoughts were when I heard uh, what you said, Tony, about having everybody become self-sufficient before they'd uh, long for liberty, I guess. Um, I what my thoughts are on that is that self-sufficiency is possible right now. Like I, I think about this. So just my my observation is something like how many people choose to work for someone else as opposed to start their own business? Like there's everyone will take that easy what most people take that little easy bit of money. And so they don't have to do the hard work. They don't have to put in the time, the effort, build the whole system, do the whole thing. Because entrepreneurs are the rare people, and they're the ones that make things happen, right? Mm -hmm. And the majority of idiots, and I love idiots, and we need idiots to keep the fucking wheels moving, right? So I feel like maybe... Liberty is something that could only be sold to that type of person that has like that type of uh, fringe people that are entrepreneurs, maybe, you know, that I don't know if people want self-sufficiency because like you could build a business right now. You could become self-sufficient, whatever it is. But do you have the drive? Do you I mean, I don't know if they have the the drive or will for it. What do you guys think? 
Like, I don't think it has to be an all or nothing situation. I think that, like, even if you're working for someone else, but that's your choice versus, like, if you make the choice to do that, because for whatever reason, then I, like, but you're still, like, I think that when you don't feel like you have a choice or you don't have a choice, I mean, like, we all have a choice, but I think a lot of people don't understand that they do have a choice in this. So I think that that's where you get into a problem. I don't think it's so black and white between like entrepreneurs and like a lot of people fail. A lot of people work for other people while they get their thing going. A lot of people just find like freedom in other things. But yeah, I think that you have to at least show people like how that they can be like independent, not like completely independent, like like you're growing everything that you eat or whatever, but at least like, like you understand how freedom can enrich your life. And I think you have to make that connection with people. I'm not, so I'm not as I, with it. I know what you're saying. Uh, but I also think this, like, I think about what Thaddeus Russell says. He's like, I, well, I'm going like, to misquote him here, but like, if people had the Liberty, I mean, how many people just want to like sit on their ass, jerk off and drink beer and like, instead of work, like who the fuck wants to work for a living? Right. And so I don't know if I, I don't know. So I, we also would have to talk about how do we get people to be self-sufficient? Like that's a whole process there. And I don't disagree with you. That would be great. But how do we get there? But uh, does anybody else want to jump it's in there? Certainly and, not through the state. Definitely. It is certainly not through the state. Well, and because they're incentivized to keep us. They're incentivized to keep us dependent. Sorry. Go ahead. Greg. Well, and this is where libertarians and the the Mises caucus is getting this wrong, in my opinion. You 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 cannot get people to understand freedom while you are trying to work through the state. And libertarians need to understand that they are not any different than Republicans right now. We've heard all these same arguments. It, it's it's funny to me because when I listen to the Mises caucus folks talk about what they want to do it's the same freaking arguments that i've heard from the republicans this whole time my entire time of being a republican before i became an anarchist i've heard all this garbage before and it's being repeated so to, to think that we're going to get to that through the state is asinine to me i it makes no sense to me and to think that you need the, the lp as a platform to get your message out is ridiculous to me. Hmm. And Matt Erickson said this. He said, well, maybe it wasn't him, but it was somebody that uh, Dave Smith uh, debated. said, you've got a no podcast. That's your platform. That's your oh, platform. no, that was Starwalk. Nick Starwalk. That was Starwalk. Right, and, and, and we all, all know how stupid this man is, but that he was right about that, though. Mm-hmm. He was right about that. He said, you got your podcast. Use your podcast for that. And to well, think... Dismiss to, to, to defense of Ron Paul every day, five days a week, and no one pays attention to it. I mean, Ron Paul's still being great and saying great things, but he's not actively in the eye of the camera every day. Ron Paul is not no. an anarchist, and maybe, just to play devil's advocate, the way Ron Paul is selling it now... I think that we're in a different world than we were in 2008 and maybe 2012. And maybe he's not selling a product that people want anymore. I'm just throwing devil's advocate. I'm going to piss a lot of people off. Anyways, like, I, 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 I get that. I, I get that. Caleb, tell we, me. Yeah. 
Oh, sorry. Oh, go for I, it, I, Caleb. I, I get that, but um, Ron Paul's message, if anything, like if, if we're going to run uh, any kind of message to people on mass, I, I don't know anyone who jumps, very few people jump straight from Republican or Democrat to anarchist. You know, there's always a past there. Like, I mean, I, I almost everyone watches Michael Malice. Not everyone, yeah, but like, not everybody. So, like, here's a good example Michael Malice has more followers and more uh, podcast appearances and is more well known than almost anyone in the Libertarian Party. He's an anarchist, as far as anarchist ideas. How many people came to anarchists, came to uh, liberty at all, or any from anarchists, trade for Michael Malice, and didn't make any pit stops along the way? Like, you could hear the anarchist stuff, but unless you have the framework of the state is bad libertarian minarchist view, you could make the jump, but I think those people are because they're not so uh, quick on the ideological journey. Like, you need, you need an entry point. You don't need a jumping off point. I think if you have a political message that kind of goes a little um, radical, but not uh, abolitionist radical, you could maybe get people started on that journey and we could end up in four years, five years with people farther down the line now, you know? People and I could be the Juan Paul or Dave Smith election. So 2008, 2012. So we've had this entire time and people are still not buying into it. I mean, I'm going to throw my two cents in as far as like why Ron Paul was so popular. And I, I mean, obviously, Ron Paul's the fucking man. Ron Paul is amazing. I love the guy. But why I think that his message resonated with so many young people at that time, it was right around the economic collapse. And so he was pointing the finger at the Fed. So that was one big thing. And also the wars were extremely unpopular at that time. And that was the perfect time to try to send a message of being anti-war. So I think those two things had something to do with what his, uh, I guess, really what moved, what was the wind in Ron Paul's sails. So maybe what we could kind of look for, the pragmatic argument would be like, where are people's, where's the wind blowing right now? I mean, I would say the wind's blowing uh, directly the bombs dropping in Yemen. I mean, we got more, I mean, the wars are worse now. I would would say the more unpopular now because now the Republicans are against wars too. Not all of them, but a lot of them are. Nine out of ten people. I, I mean, I'm sorry. I love the. I I want the war in Yemen to end. But let's mm-hmm. talk about like, fucking facts. Talk nine out of ten people. T- ask them where the fuck Yemen is. Ask them if they know what Yemen is. They don't they even know what's think, going on over there. They don't even. They know might think it's an Indy bar or something. They may be like, oh, I think I had that in an Indian restaurant. Mm-hmm. Like they don't know what the fuck Yemen is. I mean, I mean isn't, that, isn't that an argument that we could try to popularize that? I mean, uh, Dave Smith brings it up whenever he goes on any popular TV, uh, podcast or news appearance. So couldn't you make the argument that people are in the dark because the government's deliberately keeping secrets and through the fake media to control the narrative? And if you get someone under who they bring up an interview and he forces that into the conversation, then that opens yeah. eyes to the situation in Yemen? Like, is that not an argument for educating no, people through any process? Uh, see, I think that that's a beautiful thing, and he's not doing that through a political way. He's doing that when he goes on Joe Rogan. He's doing that when he goes on fucking CNN. He start or you know Fox News or something. He'll drop a hard truth bomb, and maybe he'll wake some people up that way. Uh, so I don't know. I'm not. I'm not saying that it's wrong or right, but I'm just saying that is the way he's doing it, not necessarily through a political lens. So I'm gonna ask the next question. Uh, this one will probably piss Craig off, um, but that's okay. So, <laughs> I stay mad most of the time anyway, so it's all good. So Matt, Eric, Matt Erickson said the political party is a pragmatic tool, right? So that is that is what it is, right? And that was what Nar- Nick Sarwak said. And uh, 
So do anarchists have any business using it, A, or B, can we afford not to? Mm. Are you asking me? Craig, go ahead. You can you can yell at me now. <laughs> I don't think being I don't think being a part of a political party is pragmatic at all. I think you're using a using the state to get a message across by saying you want to end the state by working through the state. It doesn't make any sense. It's completely backwards with anarchists. Now, listen, I don't care if a minarchist or a, not even a minarchist or a statist want to work through the political party. That's fine. I just want you to get your terminology right. I want you to understand that you're not an anarchist if you're using the state to put a message out there. And I, and I mentioned this on the Toward Anarchy podcast. I said, what gives you the right as an anarchist to tell people how they should live? What if that person wants to live as a slave? That's their, that's their choice. Mind your business. You sound like we, Walter we, Block right now. We can oh, get I love that, dude. Out there. Yeah, I do. Walter Block's we can man. get this Sorry. message out there without using a political party. We all have platforms. We all have some platforms, and we can get this message out there. We need to flood the arena with this message through our platforms and not work through the state. It makes no sense. It's backwards. It's completely backwards to the idea of liberty. Okay, so the second half of that question, can we afford not to? I think you've already answered that. <laughs> it's, that's um, a, I uh, think we have to not. I think we have yeah. to afford not to do that. Mm. Because if, if, if you're going to use the state to get a message out, you're confusing the message. This is what frustrates me so much about anarchists that get involved with this, because they're muddying a message out that we're getting out there and then have to go back and, and explain anarchists to people that are trying to understand what we're saying. I get messages all the time from folks about what I'm talking about, but then I have to go back and explain anarchists. I think that it's, it's a waste of time. <laughs> it's a huge waste of time to work for the state. I feel you, buddy. I feel you. Uh, Tony, I'm you gonna... have any thoughts on this? Yeah, I, I, I just see it more as a tool that if you want to use it for whatever reason, you can use I mean, it's there. You're not getting rid of it. Like, so it's, um, I think it's, to me, it's more about the emotional investment people have in it. If you can detach that, then work within systems, work without systems, just whatever tends to work for you. I think it's more of a cultural battle at this point. Like, I, I don't think the LP is going to become any significant force in the next, you know, 20 years or so. Like, they might win some races here and there, but I, I think that culturally we have to kind of sell the idea of liberty to people, show how their lives could be better, see how they can actually enact it people, Stop saying that, you know, people don't want it because we can't sell it to them. And if we can use a political party that's already established for that, do it. If not, and I'm not strictly an anarchist either, so I, I can... Yeah, well, that's cool. That's cool that you admit to that, though. That's the thing, though. It's cool that you can admit to that. That's my problem with, with anarchists that cannot admit to that. I've watched, yeah. I've watched anarchists with good intentions. Listen... I love these folks. 
and, and they have good intentions. I get what they're – I understand what they're doing, but they're going about it wrong. Okay, so – and I've watched them. The more they got involved with this garbage, they are sounding more and more like Republicans. Wind corrupts. <laughs> Um, Caleb, yeah, do you want to give us your thoughts, buddy? I mean, I think I think he's absolutely right about uh, government. I mean, if anyone who starts trying to play status games starts speaking the status language, and that waters down the message. You know, I mean, if politics is the ring of power, and that ring corrupts everybody who uses it. Um, but at the same time, I think using. <sighs> so, I've got two questions for you, uh, Craig. One. Would you say it's uh, if if an anarchist you had to call nine one one? Is that a performative contradiction of him not being anarchist because he's relying on state, or is that because it's a monopoly and you get the exa- exemption of that? Like, are you still an anarchist if you call nine one one? I think it's uh, it's it's kind of goes along with the same argument that Larkin Rose talks about when he says when when people call him not an anarchist because he pays taxes, it's a it's a form of self defense. Mm-hmm. So. If somebody's breaking into my home, yeah, I'm probably going to call 911 because as a pacifist, I'm not willing to put a bullet in somebody's head. Mm-hmm. You see what that's I'm fair. saying? I, I, that's fair. I, 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 I agree. on my home because I live right outside of Memphis, man. It's, it's, <laughs> Memphis is a dangerous <laughs> city. But so if somebody trying to break into my home, yeah, I'll probably call 911. Now, okay. my hope is that the cops don't break in and shoot me first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I agree. I say the same sentiment. You know, I, like so it's a, it's a stupid argument. People say things like, "Oh, you're an anarchist. So what are you gonna do when someone tries to beat you up?" It's like I don't I don't know. I get, so sick, I get so it's, sick. I get so sick of this argument so from people when they when they want to listen. I get called a purist all the time, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'm a purist. But when they, they want to say, well, you're not really a purist because you pay taxes. No, I don't pay taxes. <laughs> that shit's stolen from me. Yeah. And if I don't allow it, then what happens? They knock on my door and put a gun in my head. It's a form of self-defense. Caleb, did you I have a question? Sorry. I have a question real quick because I'm kind of curious about this. Um definition of anarchist like is your a definition of anarchist someone who is believes anarchy can work and wants to get there or is your definition of anarchist someone who simply rejects the state and lives their life and uh, outside of it i am under no illusion that anarchy will be achieved in my lifetime hmm. all right on, on on any kind of grand scale now hmm. what what i do and what kind of led me to anarchy was my studies in of the United States constitution. And when you read the founding fathers quotes, I don't remember who exactly said this, but he said, we're doing this for uh, the folks ahead of us. So if I can talk about anarchy, if I can talk about voluntarism, I'm not doing it for me. I'm doing it for folks in, in the future. No, I groundwork at some point otherwise we're just going to be stuck in these silly status games and you know so no i don't i'm all i won't see it in my lifetime i think it okay. can be achieved i think it's a, i think it's something that can be achieved but people need to understand it and you can't get people to understand anarchy by working through the state hmm. period it, it it completely muddies the message up 
what people don't understand that we are not going to get there by working through the state. I guess so, people tell me Cohen is, a, is a, an anarchist. I'm going to push back just a little bit, Craig. And I, I, I'm not even saying that it's wrong or right here, but I'm going to say uh, this is what when Matt said uh, that purists and or I'm going to say autistic libertarians. I'm not saying you're autistic, Greg, <laughs> yeah. but maybe you are. Uh, and maybe I am, too. Actually, you know what? We all, all four are. of us are probably have a touch of autism. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, uh, but where he would say that we that sometimes ANCAPs, voluntarists, uh, libertarian anarchists, we get so, like, tunnel vision with our principles that we would rather just play in our sandbox and just and not recognize that there is a playground around us. And what I would say is this, like, this is something that me and Tony actually talked about, I think, on the last episode, where we said that I'm not necessarily talking about using a political party, but knowing that we are in a game of monopoly, like there are the power elite that are the bankers in this or situation. Like if you're thinking about a game of Monopoly, and they have the rule book and they're holding on to it, and they're using those rules that they made against us. And if we are not willing to at least pick up the rule book and flip through it and try to find some, uh, I don't know, cheat codes, and or just follow the rules, like. I don't know if we're actually going to be able to achieve anything. So that, that's just me playing devil's advocate. <laughs> well, that's why I always – this is, this is another reason why I'm pretty close to dropping the anarchist label and just calling myself a Christian. Yeah. Okay, so because what I've seen go down over the past couple months with all this garbage – is I've noticed that anarchists don't even understand what anarchy is. And they are playing silly status games. And so I don't want to, I feel like I don't need to identify as an anarchist. Voluntarist, yeah, that's cool. I I can talk to a Christian about that. But trying to explain anarchy to folks when you got anarchists that don't get it. So I'm just like, you know what? I don't vote because I'm a Christian. I don't Mm. participate in the state because I'm a Christian. If you go back and look at any of the early church writings, I'm prior to Constantine, dude, and I, you know I always go back to this. But if you if you go back and read their stuff, they had nothing to do with the Roman Empire. They wouldn't let folks in the church if they held political office. If anything that they were going to do could harm somebody in some fashion, they wouldn't let you in. You had to renounce that. That's see, how purist I, I am about this. And see, I respect the hell out of you for that. I'm going to say that out, like, on the fucking front. I respect the hell out of you. And that's where I have been coming from for at least the last three years, uh, especially after I read, like, Bullets, Not Ballots. Uh, it was like a – and I decided that I was not no longer really an anarcho-capitalist as much as I was a voluntarist. And because of that uh, – I was very philosophy and philosophy first and like principle first. And I would be the first person to tell you that voting is violence. And it is. And I still believe that. And I still know that. 
I think that, uh, and I respect where you're coming from as far as you saying, look, I'm putting my Christian principles first, and I don't think that a Christian has any reason to have to participate in the state, like ethically and morally. So I'm saying that maybe, and this is an ugly thing to admit, I'm ready to jump in the mud with the pigs. And I'm not saying that I am, but I'm toying and exploring the idea and maybe different ways that it would actually be effective. Knowing that you are right, Craig, and I b- believe what you believe, and I think you're right. But, and I'm not saying I'm jumping in the mud, but I might. I don't know. What do you, so, mean, what do you mean by that? What do you mean by jumping in the mud? What are you talking by, about? But by jumping in the mud, I'm not saying that I'm going to join the LPMC because I actually, like I said, I want to find the most effective route. And I don't think they are the most effective route. What I mean is like you, you and I actually have talked about this and Tony and I talked about this with you too, buddy. Uh, like I, I was going to talk about this later in the show, but whatever. We're a more of a free for all. I was trying to make this more structured, but who gives a fuck? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, what I'm talking about is like, I wouldn't, I look at uh, like the Tony, help me. What are those fucking people called? You know what I'm talking about? The Osho and the, Oh, What's yeah, that? The yeah, the Rajneesh Nish guys, and how they almost achieved their own fucking town. They went a little crazy because they were a fucking crazy. But like, let's say that you, me, and everybody here, and and like a hundred of each one of our best friends. So we had about four hundred people plus us. We took over a little tiny town in fucking Texas, where there was a town of like. Maybe there's a hundred people in the population, right? So we come there with four hundred people. All together, we elect one of us as the sheriff. So Caleb, now you're the sheriff. Tony's the deputy. Craig's the mayor. I'm the whatever the fuck, the town councilor or whatever. And we just elect everyone that we want on our city council, and we just start to make liberty in our lifetimes. I, that's what I'm saying as far as like trying to be Machiavellian, trying to look and read the rule book and trying to cheat, use the cheat codes that have been used against us for fucking hundreds of years, so we, thousands so of take, years. Please stay positive. So we take 400 people into a town that has a, a population of 100 and we tell them how they should start living. Yes, Craig, that's what I'm saying the mud is. I'm not I'm saying not that it's right. That, dude. I'm not down with that at all. <laughs> okay, buddy. I know. I know that. I know. And I, I'm just, I'm toying with ideas here. This is military invasion, right? <laughs> uh, more evasion of votes, but you know. Well, I'm not going to the right. I, I feel like the problem I Also, into... I will not be your mayor. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Craig. So, the problem I always have is that, okay, if you create this pocket of anarchy, well, what's outside of it? Because there's going to be another state outside of it that comes and takes. So, like, to have pure anarchy, if you have to, it has to be global, which is like when no one It doesn't have to be global. That's not no, even. Not at all. We live, we live 99% of our lives as anarchists. Yeah. There's that 1% of the state that people can't get past. And it's weird. It's weird because when you explain that to, to statists, that we live 99% as, as, as anarchists. Well, what That's about the Rumble? That's not what anarchy is. 
Okay, so Craig, I'm just going to throw this again one real fast here because what Matt Erickson was saying is like we put our principles over actually having a libertarian society. Kind of goes against Roman's society. It's self-defeating, and we won't get the voluntarist society if we won't. Maybe I'd say maybe hypothetically. If we don't, if we're not willing to violate our principles to get, all right, I already know the argument you're going to yell at me. Okay, go ahead. Romans <laughs> 2 dude. I'm talking to you, Craig. <laughs> I don't want a libertarian society. Okay. Well, I want a Christian society. Have, no. Live with no state now. Like some of us have figured out, not, I'm not including myself in this, how to really get rid of the state in their lives. Some people live with the state in their lives a lot. Like, some people are completely dependent on the state. But, like, like there's no, like, in my awareness, like, there's no one that's, like, really, like, not the society going without any kind of state intervention at all. And I think that, like, you're going to need a way to defend yourself, at least, from other state invasions. So well, if, see, well, theoretically... It's always the go-to. It's always the go-to. So theoretically, well, yeah. I'm going to throw this out there. Here's the thing: it, 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 the state, there's no way if, if the state was absent from all of this, there's no way a small group of people can marshal that kind of power like the federal government of the United States has, or even a state government. Yeah, they can't no. do it. They, there's going to be bad people. No matter what. So there's that classic question that Murray Rothbard asked. He said, if there was a button and you pressed it, and by pressing it, it would completely end the state. Would you press it so hard your finger would blister? Right? There's that. And that's whether or not he considers you a fellow traveler. Whether or not how fast you would like to break your fucking finger pressing it. So fucking hard. Right? But what I'll say is that let's say we press that fucking button. Tomorrow, like with the with culture the way it is right now, if we press that fucking button and the state ended tomorrow, there'd be another because people want it. Like I'm, I'm gonna. That's later in the questions that I have, but <laughs> but just okay. So let's go to this next question here, okay? Uh, so Matt said, anarcho anarcho capitalism is the description of an end goal but not a prescription of how to get there. What are your guys' thoughts of actually how we get there? Caleb, do you want to take this first one? Yeah, I'll, I'll take it first. Um, I, I think any organized plan is doomed to fail. Central planning doesn't work for economies. It barely works for fucking war. I don't see why political messaging is any different. I think everyone should be taking their own path and bringing who they can. Uh, the only downside is we have people who make everyone else look bad. You know, if the Mises Caucus starts doing terrible shit, the blue pill people make everyone else look bad. I think the only way we're going to achieve political success is ideology. So it's going to have to involve political success, even if it's a code source success and that's not in the open. It's going to be have to, you have to, so people, like, like I said, it's a making great quote where people don't want to be safe, they want to be secure. So people, they're not secure. You know, if the state is this dangerous uh, monstrosity that runs everybody's lives with every action it takes, then so they're not safe. You know, they play on their fears to get them to where you want them to be. You know, if that's controlling, so be it. But whatever way that takes form, you know, if you have to end up going to political caucus and feel mongering on Fox News or some boomers, fuck it, do that, you know? Tony? Um, I actually think it is actually 
and cap is the kind of description of how we get there. I, I have a lot of faith in black markets or gray markets or just not even like regulated markets. It doesn't have to be black or gray. So well, so algorithm is different. Oh, sorry, buddy. I was going to say agorism is different, but I do think that agorism is the informed, the informed and evolved uh, way of actually applying anarcho-capitalism and achieving it. So I think you're absolutely right, in my opinion. But I'm sorry, Tony, I interrupted you. Go for it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like there's some technical differences, but I think in like the practice of it, I mean, like if you're in an ANCAP society, you're going to have markets bring up. And I think the more you can foster those markets the more you're going to create that society doesn't get rid of the state entirely. Like, I don't know how to do, like, I, we haven't figured out how to get rid of the state entirely. We, that gets rid of a lot of the state though. So I think that that's a good step in that direction. I agree. We need to stop worrying about getting rid of the state. Agreed. We need to stop worrying about trying to fix the state. We need to just live our lives as anarchists or agorists or whatever you want to call yourself and stop worrying about it and stop. Here's a, here's another problem I have with the, with the Mises caucus, the LP, all that, all that garbage is you're legitimizing the state by being involved with this. The more people that get away from that, I can't remember the guy's name. I, I wouldn't even be able to pronounce it anyway, because he's French. But he said, I'm just asking you to stop supporting them and watch them fall under their own weight. We didn't understand that the state is going to fall. The, the United States government is going to fall at some point. Stop propping them up. Let them fall. Let's have fun with it. Let's watch it. Let's eat our popcorn because it's going to happen. And here's the thing. We know it's going to happen. We need to be prepared for it. Craig, can I convince you of a political one where you and I just wanted to make things worse? What's that? Can I interest you in a political one where you and I want for a state governor just to make things worse? You know, we just spend more money, fire water, maybe we'll fire a and make it better. But, no, you know, because it, I'm, not, I'm not interested in ruling <laughs> over people. No, I'm not interested in, in that. I, I, Caleb, are you making the collapsitarian argument over there? Hell that yeah, what? that's my that's my shit. <laughs> like fuck it, but let's just go for it. You know, speed this process up. I'm impatient. We don't, I have, actually, we don't even have to I actually be one in my lifetime. We don't even have to be. It's going to happen. It's going to happen, and people need to be prepared for it. Yeah, we don't have to participate in it. Watch it happen. But so I'm going to give my because when it when it happens, it's going to be a shit show. So Does... I gotta get my two cents real fast. Sorry, no, go ahead, Caleb. Go ahead. Um, I actually I agree with everything Craig just said about the state ending. Um, if you want to, the state's gonna end, we agree, and we want people to be prepared for it, we agree. Um, uh, is going inside the sinking ship and letting people know, hey, it's fucking sinking. Give out here with me, uh, worthwhile strategy. Whether it's building a raft and saying, okay, here's the raft, but you can't see the raft because they're inside the sinking ship. Would it be better to go inside the sinking ship? Even though it's sinking and it's going down, and you'll be under my hope, it stay a bit longer to get people out of it. You know, people inside the state, inside the media, have you, ever, get him have out. you ever witnessed, have you ever seen the mafia change from the inside out? No. Okay. So, if you're a Christian or not, Caleb. I, don't, I don't know for sure, but I, I know Nathan is, I know Caleb is. So, okay. I'm going to throw this out there real fast. Caleb, I know what you're saying, and I hear your argument, and, and, 
here's what I would say. Um, what Tony was talking about, as far as like counter economics and as far as making our own systems, I think that is the best way to do it. So you were talking about Caleb, like how do we talk to those people? And you're talking about building the fucking raft and yelling at the sinking ship. But what I'm talking about, and I think what Tony's talking about is we need to build a separate fucking ship because mm-hmm. I agree with, I agree with Craig as like, we we're watching uh, like us four right now. We're on this fucking sinking Titanic right now. And we're all watching it drift into the fucking ocean. And everybody's like still playing music and like eating caviar and jerking off. And we're all like, (laughs) hey, motherfucker, do you see it? We're going to the goddamn ocean. Right. And so we're all talking about how what's the best way to stay alive at this point. And I think as far as like counter economics and making our own communities, like self-sustaining communities. Like I know some folks around here that I'm not like me and me and Tony know some folks around here and I'm not going to say names or like what we are, our book club, I'd say of like interesting folks up here are like thinking of outside of the fucking, like outside of the, outside the fucking work kind of thinking. Right. So they're doing things like community currency as far as like, what are you good at? Like, Craig, you're good at, like, metal work or something. Caleb, you're good at jerking people off. I don't know what you do. (laughs) So we all use our, what we're good at to uh, establish currency within this community. So, like, I'm, I'm a chef, right? And so I can cater parties. And so that accrues me a certain amount of currency. Uh, Tony can build a fence, or, you know, whatever it is. And so we start using a currency. Like like a friend of ours actually has like a book, a ledger. And we all like you use it in this sort of way to get off the dollar, to stop thinking about the dollar as like a currency, as like what we use and start thinking about small and start thinking about who around us. Like, like when shit goes down, like what are you going to fucking do? Like you better know your neighbor. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if, if we know that fucking, if we know the ship is sinking, how do we stay afloat? And I think myself, like, how do we make anarcho-capitalism work in our lifetimes is like, I see it as this. When you see like a popular, cool motherfucker that like has his shit together, he doesn't have to convince you that he's cool. And he doesn't have to convince people to want to spend time with him. He doesn't have to convince cute girls to hit on him. I mean, you know what I'm saying? He doesn't have to go out hunting. Like, he, there's something about him. It's something about, like, also being a Christian. When you embody Jesus, when you have his spirit on you, and you are treating people correctly and nicely, and people can see that you don't cheat, you don't lie, you're, you know, you're, you're somebody special, then people want to be around you. Like, you magnify, you know, you, you have a magnetic appeal, and so maybe that is the best way instead of like, like you said, like if we're selling a fucking product that nobody wants, like everybody knows what libertarianism is. They've all heard of it and they all think about a kooky guy that just wants to smoke weed and gets naked on a stage and has a boot on their head and all kinds of you know, like, so what do we do? Like if people know what the fuck that is already. They think of Joe Jorgensen, that fucking retard. They think of Gary Johnson, that fucking moron. Okay, I've really just pissed off some people. That's fine. I don't care. Fuck you. Well, uh, <laughs> but what I'm going to say is just like maybe we need to be, we need to create something that people want. People see a difference than us. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Tony. 
Well, then getting away from labels is a good idea too, at least to start with conversations. Because as soon as someone, like all someone has to do is see one dumbass anarchist or one dumbass libertarian, and that just sours that whole concept. You know, like, and that's with everything. And you, you don't get to control that. Like no one does. So as soon as you say, like, I'm an anarchist, then it's like, well, if you had a bad experience with someone else who was an anarchist, then you, you can't ever sell that, like, any part of the ideology to people. So I think, yeah, I think we need to work on ourselves, and the more we do that, I do think it's an element of just learning a little bit of marketing with this stuff, though, too. Like, figure out how to actually change minds. And I think that we can't just look at these things and say, Oh, I had this really good argument because that's not the way we make decisions, right? Yeah. Like, you don't embody the change that we want to see. You have to figure out, like, yeah. well, why does this person in particular want this particular vacuum cleaner? Well, and what Craig said before, Craig said we need to walk away. And so, in sort of that same way, I'm saying that we need to embody the change we want to see in the world. How do we do that? What are the first steps? So marketing may be to people, but like if we're doing something that's attractive, that's awesome, that's like fucking neat, people are going to want what we want, especially when the shit goes down and they're like, holy shit, you guys actually have food? Like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, what is what's different about you? And we better have guns at that point, too, because I'm just saying. Mm -hmm. uh, but. Um, OK, I'm going to ask the next question. And this one is really going to piss you off, Craig. <laughs> did, you, did you just bring me on to piss me off? Is it, was that your goal tonight? No, buddy. I love you, Craig. <laughs> uh, I can't tell. Yeah, you, you have a weird way of showing it. Uh, you're my brother in Christ. All right, let's do this. That's almost like saying bless your heart. <laughs> Okay, uh, Pete argues that it's short-sighted and utopian, maybe even foolish, to consider Democrats and Republicans the same, or to argue that they're the exact same, right? Because, okay, now this is me talking, not him, okay? So I don't want to misquote him or say something that, this is my, uh, this is what I thought he said, okay? So, um, because, although maybe Republicans may be like Zionist bootlickers, they may be drug warriors, border hawks. They might be. Now, this is where I'm going to piss off Craig. They might be closer to the future that we want to see. Only because, I mean, okay, we only need to look at Trump, okay? Was he a moron? Yes. Did he spend too much money? Yes. Was he a border hawk? Obviously. Was, was he ever going to legalize marijuana? No. Was he ever going to end any of the wars? No. No. But... We also have to look at the current abortion that we have right now as president. There's no way that one could honestly argue if you're a libertarian or a freedom lover or like liberty, whatever you want to call yourself, uh, looking through an ANCAP libertarian lens, right, that things have gotten any better at all. I mean, we can even talk about like monetary policy, like inflation, prices of everything, uh, funding for the military, police Okay, so funding for the military has gone up. Funding for the police has doubled. Funding for ICE has increased as well. Caging kids has gone up. General spending, everything has actually gone up under Biden. So, 
and then again, inflation, food, everything has fucking gone up. And then we can talk about how he wants to do like lockdowns even further. He wants mass. Like it's the it's fucking ridiculous, right? So I can say that I can understand why people that make the lesser of the two evil argument would have chosen Trump or chosen a right wing person. Philosophically and morally, I still understand why it's wrong to vote or support politicians. But what I'm saying is like. Are we supporting our own demise by sticking to our principles? What are your thoughts? Craig, I'll let you just annihilate me now. Go for are it. Are we supporting our own demise? I mean, are you talking about like... Are because what I'll, like, what, okay, what, what I mean by that is like in my neck of the woods, I live in like Commieville, USA. Like everything is way more expensive. The lockdowns are still real. I like to go into a fucking like uh, okay to go get beer. I just went into a spot and got some Mexican beer. I'm being a beaner today. I'm drinking Modelo. Uh, <laughs> I had to put on a mask to go in there, and everybody's still fucking weird about social distancing. There's still X's on the fucking ground, like uh, that you have to like stand far apart from people. All I'm saying is like, look now, look at where Caleb lives. Caleb lives in Florida. Look at the difference. Would you rather live where I live, or would you rather live where Caleb lives? I'm not. I'm not saying there's one that is right, one that is wrong. Is there a difference? Could you make an argument for wanting a more right wing person in charge? No. I, okay, there you go, Craig. I know, go ahead. I know, I know what Pete says, I and mean, I get his point. Here's the thing, though. Nothing has changed. Did it get a little worse? Maybe. Did it get a little better? Maybe. Everything you just described about Biden started with Trump. And yep. everything Trump did started with Obama. And everything Obama did started with George W. Bush. It's not they are the same to me. I love you, Craig. So there's so there might be a, a slight difference in how bad things are. <laughs> Come on, man. They're the same. Donald Trump, uh, Donald Trump committed genocide in Yemen for four years. Mm-hmm. I don't give a shit about my freedom as long as it, 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 people are being killed in Yemen because of what he did. And he, he continued that from Barack Obama. And Barack Obama started this shit after following what George W. Bush did. No, Okay, I'm going to throw out one more hypothetical, okay? There are two people. Both of them are about to rape you. Both of them are going to bend you over, Craig. Hypotheticals. And they are going to butt fuck you right now. One is going to spit on it first, and one's not. Do you have? (laughs) This is the most fucked up analogy I've ever heard in my fucking life. Horrible. That's why I said, like, I'm this close just to leaving. Okay, sorry. Uh, I'll give you a bet. One person's going to choke to death. One person's going to do it quick, and one person's going to do it slow. You choose the quick death, I don't know. So, anyways, go ahead. Yell at me. So, people die all the time. 
It doesn't matter. I say this all the time. I'd rather die as a free man than live as a slave. I don't care if the Republicans doing it or the Democrats doing it or the Libertarians. I mean, I don't, I don't care. I want to live as a free man, the same freedom that I was created with by my God. Okay, I, I agree. Like talk about okay. Tony, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> like, like, I feel like you talk about freedom. Like that means that we're all going to have a different path there. So for some, like, and that's going to imply strategy and what we feel and whatnot. So I think that, like, it just depends on your situation. Whatever you feel is right. Like, if, I'm completely cool with people voting or not voting, and I and I feel like that's the ultimate anarchist position. Even though I wouldn't necessarily say myself as one, but like, just say like it doesn't matter to me whether you vote or don't vote, as long as like you're doing what you feel is right for you. I think there is like arguments on both sides of that. Like I don't. I think there is a point well, where I guess, it I doesn't matter. It's all corruption, and I think there's a point where it's like, well, this person's corruption is a lot better than this person's corruption. So. I don't. I have a couple of things to say about okay. that because I don't. I don't care if a person. Well, actually, I do care if a person votes because I don't think they have the right to tell me how to live. Now, my biggest issue with it is when anarchists vote. When anarchists get involved with this stuff, because there has to be a message and it has to be consistent. If it's not consistent. Nobody's gonna buy it. They're gonna call BS right off the bat. You see what I'm saying? So, if a person wants to vote, call yourself a minarchist. If you're voting for limited government, which is horseshit, that's not that's not a thing. There's no such thing as a limited government because it just expands and expands. And to Call yourself an anarchist, and I'm not talking about you specifically, Tony. I'm talking about anarchists that I've watched all this go down over the last two or three months with the with the Mises Caucus. Don't call yourself an anarchist and go out there and support political parties. And support- so, Tony, I agree with you. Uh, sorry, not Tony. <laughs> I mean, I do okay. agree with Tony, but Craig, also, I was going to say that I wish there was a separate distinction that didn't get co-opted constantly. Like, first we would call ourselves a fucking libertarian. Then other assholes that voted called themselves libertarians. Then we started trying to call ourselves ANCAPs. And then people that, you know, long story short, then we try to be voluntarists. Like, voluntarist has a specific meaning. They are an anti-political type of anarchist. And now you have... I mean, I love you, Ron Paul, but he he uses the word voluntarism and voluntarist a lot, and he's not one. No. Okay, so, so no, we have... that, that, that's a, that's another thing is I get go I get so sick of this hero worship among libertarians with folks that people need to understand that folks are not that perfect, and maybe just maybe they they are they are wrong. So when you when you see things like when, when Tom Woods Tom Woods has a lot of great things to say I agree with the majority of what he says but when he gets involved with this stuff I disagree it's the same thing when people say well well Spooner said defensive yeah. voting no I don't buy that garbage either Spooner said a lot of great things but there's no such thing as defensive voting you're legitimizing the state to tell people how to live. No, stop. Let's stop that shit, man. 
Live it, your life, hmm. mind your fucking business. Okay, Caleb, jump in, buddy. Are hold on? Are you taking the spit or not? Just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> um. <laughs> Oh, definitely taking a spit, no doubt. <laughs> Easy question. Um, well, on the first point about how the whole uh, left right is the same, I mean, I don't know. As, this, as someone who lives in Florida, lives in the free city in Florida, Barta, I mean, Barta didn't even have a, we didn't have a tape on the ground or anything. No one wears a mask. Honestly, you, you wear a mask and you get stared at. It's amazing. Uh, and then my friend who lives in Lakeland, which is the most mask heavy state in the, uh, one of the most mask heavy states in the, it's more like, what my difference? You could see it was clearly bad to live here. You live there. Yes, it was bad everywhere because people, some businesses were locked down. But clearly, I had more advantages where I was living than he had. So it's sort of like it's the same. Yeah, and on 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 macro level, yeah, it's sort of the same. It's still dead certain. But on a micro level, I mean, to say it's the exact same. personal level when we can literally see the person twenty miles down the road have less freedoms than I have. I just don't think that makes any sense. And when someone's all about being a consistent anarchist or a consistent views, that just seems to be very contradictory viewpoint to me. I'm trying to hear what Craig has to say about this. It's Craig, what do you think? It's messaging. It's messaging. It has to be consistent. It has to be consistent. Okay, so Craig, hold on. Devil's advocate here. If somebody quit calling themselves a libertarian, quit calling themselves a anarchist altogether, but was in a weird way a fellow traveler fighting for a world that we would all want to live in. Could you, I know, even if you disagree with their methods, do you accept them or would you look at them as a fellow traveler or do you still look at them as like an apostate? Jesus said, love your neighbor. Okay. (laughs) So So maybe like, is. What I hear from you a lot is that you don't want these people muddying the message or muddying the name that you associate with. And I agree with you, but there's a reason why I quit calling myself a libertarian probably about two years ago. Just because I've never called myself a libertarian, not one time, not one time, because when I first got involved with uh, like libertarian circles and stuff was because I was breaking away from the Republican Party and but I never call myself a libertarian. I, I like the philosophy. I think there's some good ideas. But that's how I got involved with anarchy too. Is is under is talking to anarchists because they're somehow involved with the libertarian circles. And and anarchists need to get back to calling out libertarians for being their <laughs> libertarians. Don't understand. They're still statists. Yeah. They it's are status little brothers. That's what they are. Our status little brothers. That's what they are. They're on their they're on I their intellectual pre- journey. I would prefer libertarians call themselves minarchists instead of anarchists. Hmm. That way I don't have to explain them to other people that are asking me questions. Wouldn't it make I mean, more the, sense? The Matt project has gotten it's gotten to a point where it's gotten so big now. That I get messages all the time, and I and I have to answer questions, and that's yeah. why I've considered dropping the label of anarch anarchist because I don't want to have to explain these folks anymore. I'm a Christian. Is there a reason you want to use the word agorist? Because it seems like you you're much more like the I know it's like a subsection of anarchism and it's like that, but. 
it seems like this whole problem could be avoided if you simply said you were an agorist because there's more anarchists who believe in using the political process and then that's how you could draw your distinction. This I'm an agorist and it's uh, the purest type of anarchism, you know. Like well, I like the I like the ag- agorist ideals because and we had an, an episode where we talked about Christian agorism. But I was so ignorant to the idea of agorism, so I didn't know. But and I, I asked the guy, I said, "So, anarchism is a, a political philosophy, but agorism is putting into practice." Yes. Yeah. And he said, "Yeah, that's it." And so it makes sense. And, and he talked about going back to the early church; they were agorists. I call them anarchists, but maybe they were agorists. So I don't know, man. Labels are stupid to me. I'm just over it. Labels are stupid, but I will say that that is still the purest. If you're looking for an anti-political movement, as far as I know, I don't know any fucking agorists, people that call themselves an agorist that actually participate in the political, you know, and if they do, they're not a fucking agorist and they can fuck themselves. Uh, So let's go to the next question. Okay. So is this one said, gonna piss you off too? I probably. I all this is gonna piss you off. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I mean, dude, honestly, that's what I loved about this episode with Matt on Pete's show. It's because, well, first of all, Pete over the last like two years, I've been following him because I've been following Pete uh, since before he even had a podcast when he was just on like shit posting on Twitter, and mm-hmm. I've been following him for fucking years now. And I've kind of gone through this intellectual journey with him in a lot of different ways by just following his show. And what I'll say is, like, he's already one of the most interesting people, I think, in the liberty movement. As far as, like, he's willing to, like, read fucking Lenin. He's willing to, like, read Mao. He's ready to fucking, like, read Kropotkin and, like, Emma Goldman. And, like, he's, he's like, understanding that anarcho-capitalism isn't the only form of anarchism. There's a lot of different schools of thought, and there's a lot of different uh, political philosophy that we need to learn if we ever hope to oppose, and or there's a lot of things that we need to learn from people if we ever have a chance to win. So I think already, I think he's one of the most fascinating people in the liberty movement, but in general, he's like a fucking grenade in a lot of libertarian circles. He's going to, either people are going to love him or he's going to fucking piss him off because I see people pissed off all the time at Pete because he's not pulling punches, right? So then I saw this episode specifically as like an extra fucking grenade. This was like a new, like, like this, I've already seen like online, people are fucking pissed about this episode. People are well, arguing. It was funny it. listening to that because he, him and Matt both said, that they have a lot of good friends in the Mises caucus. Yeah. And they understood that going into this episode. And one thing I've always appreciated about Pete is that he's able to think things over again. And maybe he didn't have it right the first time. And yeah. so he kind of, he kind of adjusts, you know, depending on, things he's learned and i appreciate that because i we need more of that actually i mean dude's solid i mean i don't agree with him on everything but he's solid and and i appreciate that he's 
Well, I wouldn't say consistent. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's willing to reevaluate his thoughts, philosophies, and change his, change his mind. Like, I, me and Tony talk about that a lot, actually, where, like, me and Tony might be, you know, wrong about so, th- certain things, but we are not lying to you, right? And so, like, I appreciate somebody that is, like, honest and is coming from the right place right so we may disagree with something that pete says but i know where he's coming from and i can see like why he says and thinks the things he thinks and so i can respect his opinion even if i disagree with it one thing i appreciate about this 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 specific episode was so when all this 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 mises caucus started stuff started coming out i was like uh, I ain't buying it, man. And I felt like I was alone. Like I, I took a lot of heat from a lot of libertarians for my stances on it. And then I heard that, and 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 I've heard the the Vin Armani. Is it Vin Armani? Vin Armani with him on the uh, Liberty Lockdown podcast with Matt Erickson. And I was like, all right, cool. I'm not alone because they're saying a lot of things that I'd already been thinking. But when I was saying it, I took a ton of heat. Anyway, go go with your question. Okay, so the question is this. So it says Matt and Pete also talked about people in general, how they're brainwashed by public schooling slash government indoctrination to naturally seek uh, safety instead of liberty because it is easier and carries much less responsibility. But regardless of that reason or not, it's clear that the majority of people are uninterested in doing what it would take to achieve our vision of reality or what we would like to see, right? And what are your guys' thoughts on this? And how do we sway people realistically to our argument? The way I see it is the best argument that I can see is like homeschooling, keeping our kids off of television screens, off of fucking smartphones, keeping them out of the media, because clearly the media, Hollywood, all forms of entertainment at this point, even fucking like sports that are supposed to be like neutral, are just pure propaganda for the state. Mm-hmm. So if we ever have a chance, like how, so first of all, the majority of people are brainwashed. We know that. So if they weren't. Like they just don't appreciate liberty. How do we get either? How do we brainwash people to appreciate liberty? Or uh, I, I guess that go for it, Craig. You want to answer it? I don't want to brainwash anybody. I know you don't. <laughs> I mean, I I think that's 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 the wrong language to use, actually, because I think. Craig, but okay, this is what I'll say is that we see that government gets their way by brainwashing. They necessarily have to, they almost have to brainwash people to get them to be compliant. If we want to get our way, do we have to resort to those methods? Okay, now you're in. No, 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 we don't have to resort to the the methods of the state. I mean, come on, man. I thought you brought up a good point by saying that in order to get people to the point where they are right now, we have to brainwash them. So when we're talking about like how people don't want liberty, like realize they've literally been brainwashed not to want that. Like so the default position to some degree is wanting liberty. Maybe not 
how far that goes, I don't know, but way more liberty than we have right now. So I think that, yeah, like we, we have to think about this in terms of like a longer term thing rather than like, we're not going to get anywhere tomorrow. I mean, the state has invested, how many hours do you say? Like 15,000 hours in every kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like That's a lot. we need to counter that. That's going to take like 10 years or so to really build up any kind of significant like cultural movement or like intellectual movement or whatever. So I guess like what I said was like, we need to do the, the slow method as far as like, we need to start now by having kids. So get busy, Tony and Craig start having babies and we need to keep them. And you can you too, Caleb. Caleb right I'm going to stick with the two dudes in the alley. <laughs> uh, maybe they'll hit the prostate. That's right. I don't know. Uh, so, anyways. Uh, by keeping our kids out of that 1500 hours of brainwashing and then the more when they fucking turn on PBS and Elmo's like I want to hear about uh, being safe and taking the vaccine Elmo says we all need to be safe and wear a mask I'm like fuck you Elmo that might be, that might be the best Elmo impersonation ever <laughs> that's pretty fucking good <laughs> so what I'm saying I'm is, sorry, I know who Elmo is, by the way. <laughs> uh, what I'm saying is, okay, actually, go for it, Caleb. I interrupted you. Go for it, buddy. I'm uh, saying, oh, what was I going to say? Brainwashing. Uh, yeah, on the whole, on the whole thing, I think this is something a lot of people could learn from, uh, from Rand. You know, Rand Rand. Like, I went frankly on the surface association. In, uh, changes and try to make things better for people around us and for ourselves, it really has to start with yourself. This is, this is the part where I think the algorithm and the build system is best for you. you have to, it's going to take time. You know, you have to, if you homeschool your kids, odds are going to be smaller than the kids in public school. And that, if that continues, and the, when those kids uh, start getting embarrassed by the other kids who are smarter, then they're, the parents can say, well, I need something different to make my kids smart too. And this, a, cascade, a cascade effect happens from there. I think the only way to really help that though is if you Taking some some political action on a local level and get things like school choice passed, so people can actually afford the money that's being taken from them that can go towards their own kids individual individually. So it's a mix of like leading the way, but having a cascading um, political effect to actually allow people to leave the school system. So, so what I'm both. Is, uh, I, I, actually, I, I personally have some experience. Sorry, go ahead, Craig. No, I actually love what Caleb just said because it has, and he started with. It has to start with ourselves. Yeah. It has to start with ourselves. Forget what I would say is that I have some experience. Start with, with yourself and let's go from there. Yeah. I have some experience with homeschooling my son because I homeschooled him for like until he was eight or something. And then I threw him in a fucking public indoctrination camp, which sucks. I actually did it because I wanted him. This was before I was an anarchist, even before I was a libertarian. I wanted him to uh, be socialized. I thought that that was a, a problem, <laughs> right? So, and I've regretted it ever since, like in every single way I can imagine. And I will never, like, I, anyways, I'll get to that. But what I was going to say is if you, it starts with, like you said, Craig and Caleb, it starts with the individual, it starts with you. You have to decide that's what you want and decide that's the way you're going to do it. Because even if you think about it right now, where you say like, I don't have the money for private school. I don't have the money to like stay home with my kids. Guess what? Motherfucker. 
go look into like the freedom cells, go look into the liberty movement, go look into like, dude, I couldn't afford a private school, but you know what I could afford was that there was like homeschooling co-ops. And so like what we would do is like, I would get to know all these people. They were all generally religious Christian people that had 15 fucking kids and they were all nice folks. Guess what? I would drop my kid off over at this guy's house and there was like eight families brought their kids here and they would learn something this day. They would learn over here and they would learn at this guy's house and they would learn at this guy's house, that guy's house. Cause I mean, mostly there were women and that sounds like a molester kind of situation. Mm-hmm. So dropping your kids off at a dude's house, uh, I'm being sexist, but it's true. Um, can I say something before we move on to the next question? <laughs> yeah, go for I it, buddy. I had a, a conversation with my brother and sister-in-law, and they're, they're Democrats, and they voted for Biden and Kamala Harris, and they hate both of them. But they voted for them out of, out of fear. And But we got into this homeschooling thing, and – they're like, we can't afford it. I said, you could if the state wasn't taking half of your income. Yep. And it made them pause for a second. Like, they started thinking about it for a second. I was like, all right, I got an inroad. Anyway, yep. go ahead. Oh, well, no, then on, on, go for it, Caleb. Go ahead. I was going to say, I, uh, on homeschooling thing, I was homeschooled for my entire uh, fucking life. I think for like kindergarten okay, to uh, graduation. Never so mind. Was... I'm just kidding. Hmm? I said, I changed my mind because never <laughs> a deck. Go ahead. that's fair. That's fair. Um, like I said, the co-op, like a great example of a social community really pulling together is a homeschool group. You know, it's a co-ops and everything. Like it's a great example of um, kids getting socialized, kids having an hour. Like the, the socialization in public schools isn't the problem. It's the forced socialization that is the problem. You know, it's cool to meet strangers, but when you're stuck with bullies all day, that's where the problem is. Yeah, um, and so when you have a homeschool co-op, boy, just leave. You know, you're not locked there for two hours. It's, oh, this kid's being a dick. Fucking leave. You know, it's um a great. It's just so many things that are beneficial for a psyche coming up homeschooled. I think that it's like I would say to not homeschool is child abuse. Uh, yeah, dude, I a thousand percent agree with you. I mean, if you really look at what fucking public indoctrination camps are, I mean, Jesus Christ, dude, they're mm-hmm. they're fucking for kids you can't leave you have to get there you have to obey if you want to fucking talk you have to raise your hand if you have to piss you have to get permission like it just it's literally the fucking worst and i fucking hate it i hate it we all know these we all know these teachers are terrible i mean it's to go off how we have a public school is all people get mad at me for being catholic because it's the precept to touch boys every once in a while but compare the catholic school catholic way to the uh public school rate I mean, Jesus fucking Christ. Nobody talks about that. Nobody talks yeah. about that. Your it's kids so... are like 10,000 times more likely to get molested in a public school than they are a private school. It's absurd. Like, you could literally say to fucking the kids over. I mean, you could like, not a metaphor, you could literally say that. And that's the biggest fuck ever. And then one seems to kill. People just ignore it. Like, oh, but but the church sometimes does it too. Like, what the fuck about my church? You send your kid to, to get rape camp or something. You know, this is stupid. I think the reason that I'm able to think for myself is because I spent the majority of my time in school asleep. <laughs> Dude, I, I, I'm just going to throw this out there. I grew up in Christian school, actually, from the time I was in, I don't know, probably third grade to like eighth grade. 
Uh, that's not entirely true. Somewhere around in there. But, and I had some weird story. It was like right-wing conservative Zionist type of Christians. And so they were like trying to tell us how Jesus and like George Washington were best friends. That sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and so, and I will say though, that I was the fucking kid. Well, first of all, I was the only brown kid in this white school. So that was weird to begin with. But I was definitely the poorest kid there. And that, you know, that just comes along with being a beaner. But uh, every single time they would try to make me, every time they would try to get me to fucking pledge allegiance, I was the kid that said, fuck you and no. <laughs> and I never pledged allegiance all eight years going to fucking school. Oh, and I maybe... was all about it, man. I was all about <laughs> it. I couldn't wait to pledge allegiance to a flag. I couldn't wait to pledge allegiance to the United States government because that was the, the only time you are the good guys. They're the good ones. That's when you were awake in, in class, Craig? Yeah. I wake up <laughs> to pledge allegiance and I go back to sleep. Like a real American. Yeah. <laughs> I love I'm it. Patriots. God damn. Okay. Um, let's see here. So I have another question. So here's the question that he asked. Okay. So I I I know that I think that you guys have already answered because we've talked on Twitter a little bit, right? In our little private messaging group. But uh Here's a question that he asked to libertarians, okay? And Tony, I haven't heard your answer yet, so I'm curious. I'm going to have you answer first, actually, okay? Okay. If there was a button and you pressed it, 90% of the population magically becomes brainwashed overnight to the religion of Ron Paul. Would you oh, push yeah, that I, button? I, 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 no, no, no. <laughs> It's ridiculous. Like, A, I don't want to brainwash people, but also, like, if you indoctrinate people in that way, then they're really easy to unindoctrinate. I think one of the problems that we're having culturally right now is that no one is ever alone anymore. So it's really hard to bring people out of indoctrination. Like, when you're in a cult, like, people want to keep you away from outsiders, they want to keep you around other cult members. And that's what's happening right now. So I think that I think right now there'll be a lot of people waking up and just oh that would have been completely woke up by now if it wasn't just for like constantly being surrounded by people or maybe not physically but within like a social media sphere where mm -hmm. if you say the wrong thing at any level you just you get you're a non-person like you got no status like you could be fired you get dumped you get divorced like you lose your house so like. I think we have to look at what's going on right now in that kind of context. So, yeah, no, I wouldn't push the button. Okay. Caleb, you next, buddy. Oh, it's a tough one. You know, on one hand, I can make countless arguments about why you shouldn't press the button. You know, you can't force people's bad. You can't do bad to bring about good. I mean, I can make scripted arguments and everything. But at the end of the day, I truly believe these ideas are better for people on mass, and I'm going to press the button and feel guilty about it. But I'm going to commit an unchristian act just because I think that's better for people in the long run. Our consequences be damned. You sinner. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Craig, come in here and yell at us and tell us no. 
No. <laughs> it's not my job to tell people how to live their lives. It's not my job to get people to understand liberty. My job is to live as an example. And if people understand that, if people want to know more about that, then I'll talk to them. But I'm not in any fashion willing to tell people how to live. It's not my thing. I mean, I just don't do that anymore. I used to. and Maybe I do to to a point these days with, with like the Bad Roman Project. I mean, I don't but I think I'm just trying to get people to understand that think for yourselves. Figure this shit out for yourself. Yeah. You know, people, you, you can, we can have a lot of great things to say. Like, I think a lot of the folks in the Mises Caucus have a lot of great things to say. I just think it's going about it the wrong way. Okay. I want people to figure that shit out on the on their own and, and not rely on me to tell them how to live. I'm definitely not going to force somebody to live in a fashion that they're not comfortable with. I mean, figure it out yourself. Oh, could you make, uh, there's an argument made that with almost any political philosophy, uh, pushing a button, have people coincide with your favorite uh, leader of that group. Um, is most philosophies are about who's in charge and who gets to take over the people. You know, so if a public press the button and everyone wants to follow Trump and everyone wants to build walls, everyone wants to go to war. But so if a Democrat fan pressed it, we had Biden or Bernie or however that played out, it'd be that. But with the Juan Paul one, it's a little difficult because we're not trying to force new rule of people, we're trying to give war back to them because they had to begin with. Like we're reverting things. So is, is that not an argument to say we're not trying to force new people over themselves? We're trying to remove those who are over them. And they can choose to follow new ones if they wanted to, but that it's a gifting back of um, there wasn't an ownership. But the question was, would you brainwash people to believe how you believe? Mm-hmm. I always I, go back to to being a Christian on this. I mean, Jesus didn't do that. No, he didn't. He gave us free will. He gave us salvation, but he also gave us free will. And it was our choice whether or not to take it. And um, so, again, okay, so the next part of this question is, his argument is that libertarians would rather die by their principles than bring about, than bring about a libertarian society if it meant violating their libertarian principles to get there. Or, Craig, your Christian principles. So... Do we actually want a libertarian society? And is it worth violating our principles for? Okay, Tony, why don't you take this question first? Sure. I think there's a lot of um, wiggle There's a lot of space between those two options of, like, having no power. I mean, and brainwashing people. And first of all, I think that if you brainwash people, people will fuck it up. Like, like we'll end up with some weird fundamentalist <laughs> yes. who, like, you have to be anarchist in this particular way. And they'll be just as fucking totalitarian, authoritarian as anyone else. Because brainwash people, like, they become authoritarians. Like, that's how you create authoritarians. And even if you brainwash someone into, like, a libertarian philosophy, like, they're going to become insufferable. But I, yeah, I think that, like, I think that you have to engage people and work with people in your own lives. Like, like okay, like, 
definitely work on yourself, like do all of that stuff as has been mentioned. But I think there's also like learning how to just present ideas. Knowing when to present ideas, I think it's very important. Like no like if like someone is just like not gonna hear it, then just like or like like just learning how to strategize, I think that is important. But I don't think you go I don't think you I don't think you compromise your ideals in order to like have some kind of strategic success. I think you figure out how to have strategic success within your ideals. Okay, I want to hear Caleb's answer. Okay. Hmm. Let me be honest, I, bl- I blanked out for a minute. Are we, um, we still talking about the... Um... Okay, one more time. So do we, we actually... So do we actually want a libertarian society? And well, that was what I remember now. For? And, uh, I remember now. So I hurt my back earlier. I'm a little, I'm a little high, so... Sorry, um, <laughs> I'm a little drunk, so we're all good. Um, so I would say it's um, so like the best part, best part about libertarians that we're principled. You know, that's the best part about our philosophy that allows us to be principled all the way to the extreme of people like Craig, who are the uh, ultimate form of agorists. You know, no political action whatsoever. Um, I normally hate utilitarianism and sacrificing your, pre- your you know. Uh, Allow what evil is. That's what two evils. I never liked those things. I never liked uh, being forced to do bad to bring about good. That's very foreign to me. Um, the problem is, I think I think more people would rather be principled and die than to sacrifice principles and live. And I think that's uh, the flip side. This is dangerous as having no principles whatsoever. I, mean, I think both those points can lead you to making bad decisions out of uh, greed. And so I think I think. Me libertarians would let the state would let the state die and not press a button to save it because they're more principled about one issue and actually saving something. I mean, one thing that he said, and Craig, I'll let you answer this in just one second. But one thing that he said that he's right. So let's say you press that button. Ninety percent of the population decides to agree the way that we want them to think. So you could even have it like that. They 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 vote. They think. They act the way that we want them to act because we press this button. Okay. How many lives are we going to save that way? Because now the wars have ended in Yemen. Now you you know what I'm saying. Now uh, drugs are legal, so now there's not going to be the DEA shooting people. Now the ATF is gone, so we can have any gun we want. Now the police are gone, not harassing sex workers, and people can have the type of life that they want to live if we press that button. But we would be violating our principles by forcing our ideology on another person. Now. I'm not saying yes or no. I'm playing devil's advocate, and I'm asking a question. Craig, don't yell at me too much. Now go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've yelled at you at all this time. This is so podcast. Okay. <laughs> it's no, you're it's good. I'm is- just loud <laughs> by nature. Like I'm naturally loud. So me too, buddy. <laughs> go for it. So I feel like I had to think this over for a second because we talk about this on the podcast a little bit where we try to meet folks where they're at and so if I talk if I'm talking to a Republican who espouses the United States Constitution even though even though they don't 
I can talk to him about how bad Trump was on the United States Constitution. I don't think it's right to force people to think the way I think. It's 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 completely contrary to free will. I want people to come to this conclusion on their own. Do I think a libertarian society, when I, and I say that with air quotes, is a better ideal than what we've got right now? Sure. Sure, I get it. But it's not my job to make them feel that way. They have to figure this shit out on their own. I'm, I'm not going to make people or try to make people believe a certain way. I can give them some suggestions. I can point them to a certain uh, certain direction, but I, I'm not going to try and make them. That's unfair. That's unfair to them. Nobody did that shit for me. I came to this on my own. And when you come to it on your own, and when you understand it on your own, it means more to you. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So, as well, it would be basically like, turning everybody like, into like it would basically be turning everybody into brainless automatons, right? Like we would totally take away their humanity by taking do you over their a libertarian society, or we, or do you want a, a society full of a bunch of zombies? We've already got that. Well, we already got that. So, do we want it with no war and? Drugs and prostitutes, or yeah, yeah. Uh, what's one? What's one? Let's we do that. That's the one. <laughs> Anyways, well, I know, I, mean, I know what you're saying, Craig, and I totally get it. And what Caleb said about, and, and I'm sorry if I if I misquoted you, Caleb, but um, about people would rather die than lose their principles. Did I say that correctly, or what'd you say? I say, uh, I say, some people would probably would rather choose death in principle, even if that death means saving, like sacrificing principle means saving five people. You know, like would a pacifist shoot someone else's gun to save someone's life? Was that him being was actually pacifism to save ten people? It's, it's a trolley problem, you know. So I would say some people just wouldn't pull the level and let both people die. And so that's my my point. Some people are just too principled to so, actually help. So Craig, yeah, I want to ask you that question. Okay, I. I promise it doesn't have to do with spit and buttholes this time, this hypothetical <laughs> question. So uh, this question is, there's a bad guy. He's got a gun, and you see him right now. He's going to shoot five people, and he's telling you, I'm going to shoot these five people, Craig. And you have a gun in your hand. Do you shoot that man, or do you no. let him shoot those five people? No, I, I stop him without killing him. Okay, what's your method? I mean, there's all kinds of way to restrain people without killing them. Okay. I feel you, man. I just, I, because this is where, okay, this is a, Passivism is a super controversial uh, topic. That, Craig, I want to have this episode with you on pacifism, actually. So we'll do this on a separate episode, but I was just well, curious we're, about your answer. We have to get Abby Kleckner involved too, then, too, because she understands it better than I do, and I learned from her about it because it's a it's a difficult topic because people always resort to that. Yeah. Are you gonna shoot somebody? Wait a second. Hang on a second. 
Why do I have to shoot somebody to stop them from killing people? I feel like if I'm going to have to. Early church quotes about nonviolence, dude. They were it was universal among them about not killing people. Yeah, no, I feel you, I, and I think that that is the correct Christian answer, and that's why I struggle with it so much. Because, like, I'm telling you right now, my wife is like uh, six months pregnant. I have a gun by my bed. If somebody comes in here, I'm going to shoot him in the fucking face. I'm ready to. Uh, and so I struggle with that because I know that we're not supposed to do that. But I'm telling you that I would right now. And so I've I a, have I've to struggle. I've got a nine, I've got a nine <laughs> millimeter loaded with, uh, with bullets that are, are loaded to end somebody's life. Yeah. In my home right now. But I, I've gotten to the point now that I, I don't carry it. It's just in my home, but I don't think it, 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 it's in a spot in my home where I don't think I would have a chance to use it because I don't want to use it. If somebody needs to come in here and kill me because they need something out of my home, then it's probably more valuable to them than it is to me. I'm not going to, I'm not saying I won't fight them. I'm just not going to kill them. Well, see, okay, this is where I think the argument gets ridiculous because I've been on all the anarcho-Christian groups, right? I'm, I'm in the same ones you are, Craig, where they'll say, like, is it an aggression? Is this breaking pacifist principles if he's running by and I happen to stick my foot out and trip him? And, and like, shit like that. And they're like, yes, that would actually be an aggression. Uh, and you I can't even it. do that. And I'm like, that's, you know what? Over, that, no, that shit's overblown, man, because... <laughs> we should be able to restrain somebody without killing them. Dude, when I read that, I was no, like, no, I, I've never seen a cop do that well. So maybe that's just not something we can do. <laughs> Dude, I, I just I, I just couldn't. I was just like, you know what? Fuck all you guys. You have to understand that. I, I mean, I was freaking raised in West Texas, dude. That's gun culture. I, you, I don't know if you understand that the way I do, but it's gun culture in West Texas. Mm -hmm. Like, people say anything they want about Texas, but West Texas is gun culture. And that's that's where I was raised, and I I had that mentality for so long, and it doesn't make sense to a lot of folks when I talk about this, but I'm not willing to kill anybody. I'm just not doing it. And I'm not willing to vote for somebody that is willing to kill somebody. I'm not willing to legitimize a state that is always killing somebody. I, it's so funny about libertarians when they talk about this. Well, I was like, well, is taxation going to end when a libertarian president is elected? And it's silence. <laughs> yeah. Well, Craig, it's- I love you, buddy, and I respect the shit out of you. I got to say that first and foremost. <laughs> But is there is, is there a but? I no, there's no but. There's no but. <laughs> I love you. I, I respect. That's to say, uh, Craig. I would like to. I would like to interview my podcast about pacifism at some point. If you have a phrase, let me know because I I am very intrigued in pacifist pacifism. I respect the hell out of it. My favorite type of Christians are pacifists, um, and I would love to try to like to start to get more of understanding of pacifists. So if you ever want Chris's, let me know because I would love to talk more about that. Yeah, I'm definitely get back. Anytime. 
Yeah, definitely get Abby involved in that too. Abby is uh, Abby Kleckner is an awesome person, and I know she would jump on there too. And shit, man, I want to be in that too because I have a lot of questions. So let's make that happen. Let's do it. Okay, so the next the next question was, uh, was the Enlightenment a mistake? He argues it was. What do you guys think about that? I think I don't know enough to even comment on that one. Well, like, I, that I, is, I was going to say that too. I was like. Explain to me what the Enlightenment is. Okay, so the Enlightenment, Locke. John okay. Locke, John Locke, yeah, uh, Kant. So, Kant, so you know what, man? I need to read those same books because Homie mm. said that I need to read two books before he can even talk to me. I mean, he didn't <laughs> say that. He said that in the podcast, right? Mm. But like, as far as I'm aware, the Enlightenment was uh, basically it was like a group of people that decided that like the king wasn't supreme, right? And there was like. Um, it was like a school of thought where it came that like the individual was what was important, that individual rights is what, um, what mattered. And it was, it's basically the backbone of Western liberalism and what we have now of what, what you think of as like a classical liberal. It was a movement that like decided that the individual was the most important thing. Right. So he's almost arguing for, I mean, I don't want to get him wrong. And these are one of the questions that I want to ask him. Are like, are you still like arguing for uh, monarchy? Does he want to still see monarchy? Like where, how far back does he want to go? Because it's sort of, that's kind of what it sounds like to me. King pilled. Uh, I mean, well, yeah, king pilled. Exactly. Right. Hey, Chris. Hey, sound funny, buddy. You sound weird. It was funny listening to the Liberty Lockdown. Craig, Craig, you still sound weird, buddy. What did you your do different? Off. Yeah, your microphone's funny. Check it uh, real fast. Can you hear me? It still sounds absolutely weird, man. It sounds like a robot. Well, I don't know what to do about that. <laughs> well, I can still understand you, but you do sound weird. Go ahead and say what you were thinking. So listening to the Liberty Lockdown. You're better. You're back. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Listen to that podcast. It when you with with, uh, when he was on the Liberty Lockdown podcast, he and uh, Ben Armani made a point. It almost sounded like they were advocating for no king but Christ as a monarchy. That makes a lot of sense. Actually, good that. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised. I, I love the monarchy idea, honestly. Like, uh, Hans Simonhopper sold me on that. I'm a fan of it. Um, I think it's better than democracy for sure. At least on that. Um, back to your point about the Enlightenment. Uh, the Enlightenment had a lot of good things. Obviously, you mentioned all good things that happened in the Enlightenment, but it was also co-opted a lot during the um, by a few people doing what's even great in economics, which led to some, in my view, some cascading effects that affected all of it and kind of uh misplaced the responsibility on the Venezuelans and kind of corrupted it, which is why it's not super great. But I think some of the best parts of our culture are from the Enlightenment. So to say it was a mistake seems a little silly. I think it's so maybe I was the bathwater. I tend to agree. And so that's definitely something I want to clarify with him. Tony, do you have any thoughts, buddy? Yeah. Um, okay. Like, like everyone else, I don't know enough really about the Enlightenment to figure out whether it's a mistake or not. 
I don't know how we would have gotten to the point here, though, without some like it does seem to be about individual rights and responsibilities in way in that, at least in the philosophical sphere. And it doesn't like I don't know how we would actually get rid of like, like I could see how we could get rid of government, but then you would have to replace it with something else. And I don't want to do that. Like, I don't want to live under any kind of like power structure, whether it's like a theocracy, whether it's like a church structure that's totally uh, t- like just um, authoritarian, a government system. Like, I don't want any of that shit. So, like, I don't know how, um, I don't know what kind of framework we would see the world in where that wouldn't happen. Like, I don't know of any other frameworks that people have that provide for more freedom. That's the difference between Christian anarchy and anarchism. One thing that always was so crazy to me when I first started understanding anarchy was anarchists saying, well, you can't have a ruler as a Christian. I'm like, <laughs> it's me, Craig. And you're you're going to turn folks off, especially Christians, when you tell them they can't have a, a ruler. No king but Christ means we have a ruler that's not of this world. Well, dude, I've honestly had that thought before where i'm talking to like more agnostic uh anarchists where they're where they are so held up on this like idea of no no gods no kings no like no rulers and i'm like i don't think christian anarchists necessarily fit into that category almost to the point where i don't know if christian anarchists are anarchists because like we want a king we already have a king and our kingdom is of christ Right, and so we are almost our own separate thing in a lot of different ways. So, no, yeah, Christians are a lot more aligned with volunteerism. Christians are a lot more aligned with volunteerism than anything else. I think they, I mean, anarchist thought was a uh, what was it? it wasn't like anarchist saying it was um, uh, no gods, no rulers. You know, like it originated with uh, rejected all kind of uh, authority, not just like coercive authority. Which is why when you make emphasis in Christian versus volunteerism, Christians, uh, Christian volunteerism makes more sense. Just no one uses the word because it doesn't really roll off the tongue like anarchism. But and see where I where I see us actually like what they talk about when they say maybe more right wing as opposed to left wing. And because like honestly, me and Tony were talking about it last episode, and I specifically said that anarchism at being anarchists like what we are, we're inherently left wing. Because I was looking at it from like the old perspective, but like if we're talking about like what Michael Malice says about hierarchies, or you know, I think we are inherently, at least as Christian anarchists, more on the right wing. Like we do want to see we, there are hierarchies, there are like there is authority, and we do respect authority, and we even respect leadership. Like I like leaders, I just don't want a ruler. Mm-hmm. And so I think that inherently does actually. So I'm changing the fucking script, and now I'm saying we're probably more in the right wing. Uh, mm-hmm. We are radicals, but I, I don't like the left right thing. But if we're gonna have to fucking play that that game, maybe we're more on the right. I don't know. Anyways, uh, Tony, what are your thoughts on any of this stuff? Well, it's a little bit outside of my worldview, so I don't, I don't really consider myself a Christian in any way. Oh, I know. But, like, so, I don't, like, I, to me, it's like, okay, like, who speaks for your God, then? Because, like, that's the crucial part. Like, like you have, like, a priest 
kind of classes like heads of Catholic, it's the Pope. Heads of Catholic, all of y'all can just get in line or you know go away, but it's the Pope. I just okay. threw up in my mouth, but sorry, <laughs> sorry. Uh, <laughs> anyways, <laughs> now you guys are going to shit your pants when I say that, like, obviously, then I think God's word is is my is my fucking compass, right? And I read the Bible, and I it's, and so this is like where maybe Christians and Catholics get you know they fucking disagree it's because like i feel god and i talk to god and he communicates with me not verbally but like he he does communicate with me and he fucking guides me and so i kind of go with uh i try to follow my morals and i try to do what he says and uh that is my guide or my ruler and so i understand why that could be corrupted and misused and some psychopath could say like, God told me this. God told me that I have to fuck your wife or something. You know what I mean? Like, there's, I don't know. Like, so like some psychos could go there. Anyways, Greg, what are your thoughts, buddy? <laughs> so I don't think that Christian anarchism is, is a monarchy. Because when I see when we talk, when we say no king but Christ, we're saying no king on this earth. Yeah, but that is right. still a monarchy—the kingdom of God. And our monarch, our king, is Christ. Yes, but he had no interest in 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 being. A political person, though. I mean, it was. We just follow Christ. I mean, you just said it. You like leaders, but you don't like rulers. Yes. All right. So Jesus is. If you read like the words of Origen, he said, Our leader is Christ. He didn't say, Our king is Christ, or we follow a king. He said, Our leader is Christ. We come with the words of Christ, who is our leader? You know what I'm saying? And, 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 and I know that it sounds confusing. It's, it's kind of confusing to me, but no king but Christ. All right. Jesus is our king, but he's, his kingdom is not of this world. When you understand Christian anarchism, you understand that any earthly ruler, any earthly king is not our king. I'm okay with yeah. that. It, it, if people want to call me a monarchist or whatever, I don't care. Whatever. Label, label me however you see fit. But I'm no king but Christ. It's, it's so simple. And Christians need to get back to that. Yeah, I feel you, buddy. I'm, I'm so right there with you. I'm so fascinated with the early church. I'm so fascinated with how they understood this more than we will ever understand it. Because if you read their writings, they were just all, they were so Jesus-centric. Jesus-centric. It wasn't about a pope. It wasn't about a priest. It wasn't about a pastor. It was about Jesus. Period. 
All right, this actually. Oh, okay, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, I, I was gonna place. I was, was going to say it's probably going to spark a good debate. So go ahead and go on to the next thing. Okay, sorry, man. Uh, so uh, the next, this actually works into the next one. So it says that um, Matt argues that the top of the mountain of politics is just a foothill on the mountain of religion. That you can't really discuss politics without discussing religion. And as Christian anarchists, uh, three of us, not four of us, I guess, uh, we recognize that the, in the what even I mean, even uh, Tony recognizes this too. Like in the absence of God. For many atheists, like right, they begin to worship the state as God. They start to look at that as their authority. So, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Uh, I guess that was a question that I had, but I mean, I think we've kind of well covered that. But does anybody want to have something to say about that? Yeah, I do. Okay. Um, Cardinal Henry Manning uh, once said, "All I root all human conflict is theological." Because uh, men, uh, everyone has a god. What you worship, what you, what you worship, what you worship, your time on. And some people have stayed, that's the job, whatever. But what's that being the case? Everything going back to is this morally just? And you're gonna end up back at religion, and the church built Western civilization, and so you're gonna have Christian and everything. Like, like trying to avoid or ignore Christianity when it's gonna be the end result of everything is ridiculous. Like you, without Christianity, you wouldn't be this Western world at all. And so it's. Infected everything in the, in the best kind of way, and so everything's every going to back to Christianity exactly right on that. Just, anyone, anyone disagrees is an idiot. Hmm. Anybody else? Yeah, I think that there is. I mean, I think that most atheists are just atheists. Like most of them are just do believe in the state, but not all of them. So I think that to like, I, I don't want to lump everyone in that together. I think that it's. Like ultimately, like belief systems and religion and politics all kind of come from the same place. So I think that it makes sense to go and like at some point, like whatever you want to call it, like the whole liberty movement is because people value liberty. So they're putting the value in. If you put your value somewhere else, you're going to end up in a different place. So it, it is a religion, whether or not it's like a the, theological religion or not. Um, it comes from the same areas. Um, so two things I would say, as far as like atheists treating the state as religion, it reminds me of people that like adhere to whatever the fuck Dr. Fauci says as like word of law. Yeah, I think that's right. like ninety-five percent of like atheists are in that category, but they're all like a small group within a small like you know, who are just like no, like I just like like I don't know what I believe. Like I'm kind of like in between, but there are some people I met who are just like whatever. They're just like wired to be atheist. Oh, for just, sure. And I'm not talking about that weird minority. I'm talking about the vast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree that the most people are just basically like they substitute the state for God by just like I don't think it's like this the synonymous thing completely. So the next thing that he touched on was he said that well, libertarianism. Can I, can I can okay? I go ahead, something? Craig. Yeah, go yeah, ahead, buddy. I don't. You probably know this, Nathan. I don't know if Caleb or or Tony knows this about me, but I don't subscribe to religion. 
I get, but what I, I'm I get, saying is, what I'm calling it is religious thinking. It's religious thinking. Like, do you, you know what I'm saying? It's like an absence of having faith in like Christ. They that humans have faith in something, right? So it's like it's it's religious well, thinking well, at, as far uh, as like. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Going, look, what's going on with uh, Donald Trump and his followers right now. And tell me that's not a religion. That's a fucking religion. Like Q and those fucking morons. Like, sorry, Q people, but it's a religion. And I think it's worse. But do you think it was worse than what we witnessed with with Obama? Yeah, I absolutely. Yeah, dude. A hundred percent, actually. But that's not a relationship with Christ. No, that's a relationship with the state. But okay, I, essentially, I use the word religion, right? But what I'm saying is, like, if you don't, what, like, people are, you know, what Dave Smith has said this, and I think that he's 100 percent right that humans were created to worship. Humans were created to worship, and as a Christian, I believe that. And so, if you don't have Christ to worship, you will worship something else. And so in a lot of ways, people worship authority like they talk about the the founding fathers like or they talk about like, you know, whatever it is, they talk about the state and they talk about Nancy Pelosi and they talk about AOC and all the you know, like people will make the state their religious figures like they basically like there's actual like fucking candles like like, uh, you know what I'm talking about? What's the Catholic candles? You know what I'm talking about, Caleb? Yeah, Yeah, prayer candles. Yeah, there's like prayer candles for AOC and like and Dr. Fauci and shit. Like there's an actual status religion in the absence of God. And that's what I'm talking about. But I'm sorry, Craig. Go ahead. I don't know. I I don't have anything else to say. I was just <laughs> wanted to yeah. interject for a little bit. That I know that like what we have is a relationship with Christ and not like is the word religion is loaded. And I get that as well. So um, the next the next thing was that libertarian libertarianism. He says that um, is Christianity without Christ. What are your thoughts on that? I love that actually. Yeah, I think that's true. I that's love really that statement because I think that's so why it's so attractive cool. actually to some Christians. Well, what did Pete say following up? He said. Yeah, libertarian has always had problem. Yeah, libertarian yeah. has always had an atheist problem. Go I ahead, Greg. It. Sorry. No, I loved it. <laughs> yeah, it was it was awesome. I agree with that. Tony, what are your thoughts on any of this? I know we're t- sorry we're talking about Jesus, and this isn't your boat. But... Yeah, um, <laughs> I think it comes from a lot of the same places for sure. I mean, Christianity is a long religion that has like, like it goes back 2,000 years, obviously. There's different forms of it. So there's definitely like aspects of Christianity that I, like there's different forms of like, you know what I mean? Like, but like, I think that it comes from this place of like brotherly love or whatever. I wouldn't necessarily say it has an atheist problem. I feel like it's more just like an open source version of Christianity, if you want to put it that way. Like, it's just kind of like, okay, like, what is, like, and I feel like these things are just, like, I think belief systems just kind of regenerate themselves throughout the world, and they come in different forms. 
and I have I don't really ha- I don't get tied up in like the oh you have to do this and you have to do that like in that particular way. So I feel like you know like obviously I, I think there's I think there's something really good about like having whatever ethos like like that brotherly love like they're just like I, I'm not a pacifist I, I wouldn't go that far but like to basically at least like to be nonviolent in our lives when we don't have to be. And I think that that's like 99% of life. Like, you know, the actual time like someone's coming in to attack you is very, very rare. That's not where most, like, like so like when you have that situation of like, when you kill someone who's about to kill another person, like, that's a very small set of the actual violence in the world today. Most of it's completely avoidable and we should focus on that. So I'm, I'm rambling, but I... I mean, I, I, it might even be more rare than having two men that are about to rape you and one's about to spit and one's not. I mean, I agree with you. Uh, but so the next thing that he said that I found fascinating was that, <laughs> was that all of Western culture and all of our political lens and almost everything is actually viewed through the eyes of Christianity that like almost like even the atheists, we are all looking through it through a Christian lens. And so it, I thought that was actually a fascinating thing that like even our ideals, even our atheist ideals are Christian ideals. Like even our moral precepts are Christian. What are your guys' thoughts on that? Well, I, um, one reason that is the case is because Christian culture, some people came, you, uh, meaning part, people who came to America were Protestant or Christian, it infected their cultures are more. Uh, this is why even atheists, when they like, like Sam Hansen, even when he rejects Christianity, he still accepts their moral uh, virtues and everything. You know, and, uh, only atheist who doesn't who doesn't reject the moral virtues was uh, Ayn Rand. She rejected she rejected God, Christianity, and the moral to make her own moral, moral virtues. Um, because because Christianity infected infected the culture so well. It's really, the cultural imprint of our morality is Christian morality. Like it's, it's so it's so tied connected that everything we view in culture is viewed to the it's not changing now, but for so long it was that, so all of our ideals are still in that realm. Well, I look at Ayn Rand sometimes, and I really think that she was, I mean, she was definitely viewing the world through a Christian lens, whether she liked it or not. I mean, because like even they mentioned about uh, the conversation between Michael Malice and Yarn Brook, right? And Yarn Brook is the biggest fucking... But anyways, I love Ayn Rand, actually. I'm a big fan, and yeah. I'd fucking eat her pussy if she was still alive. Uh, so does anybody have any other thoughts on that? Yeah, she probably has to be tied up for that. <laughs> no, dude, she was a real kingster. Exactly. I think she'd have to be tied up for that. That's true. I mean, okay. she, had, she had to view the woman wearing a bracelet was the ultimate form of flattery because it's still a woman in a true shape, chained. Like that was that's some hardcore sexism, I guess. Maybe I don't know. It's awesome. Caleb, you're giving me a boner. Stop it. <laughs> Craig, your job here is done. I don't know, man. That's a little weird. I don't. <laughs> I think that even without Christianity, and and I've I've heard this from atheists before. It's like, well, how do you know for sure? I was like, listen. Even if I'm wrong, what is wrong with me not wanting to murder people or stealing from people or coveting other people? You know what I'm saying? So 
why is that is that a problem for folks? Even if you don't agree, if you don't believe that Jesus ever existed or that there's a God, even if I'm wrong, at least I know that I should not be killing people. Well, I see, and I love people. that. And see, I agree with you, buddy. And so, I, honestly, that's where I get hung up on the whole, like, um, moral relativism where it's like if everything's just the same and nothing actually matters why does it matter if i put a rock up your pussy right like what what does it matter what if i hit you in the head with a fucking bowling ball it doesn't matter right so morally i'm not wrong so i mean i i do appreciate looking through the lens of christianity and knowing what's right from wrong and i'd rather have my morals coming from the bible than coming from some fucking professor Anyways, Tony, do you have any thoughts on any of this stuff? Yeah, I mean, I think that, I mean, yeah, I think that is like we, and it's really hard to figure out like that, like first principle things when it comes to that. I feel like intuitively, like there's something about us that we're not wired to violence. Like things that, like I think it goes way, way deeper than um, any religion or any, like, I like, we're not designed to attack each other, like, I think that, like, like, if we were living completely, like, wild tribally, we would be more violent to each other because we wouldn't know how to detect threats. But now that we can detect threats, it doesn't make sense for us to attack each other when we can basically say, like, you're not a threat to me. So I think that basically, like, the past, like, I... Yeah, it's, um, I, I, I don't I don't see it in a Christian way, but I can definitely feel that kind of like, yeah, like I'm not going to attack people and I maybe I'm coming to the same conclusions in a different way. So I think that's like I think it's way deeper than like anything that we can like conceptualize or talk about in any like but I, so, I think like you have to be taught moral relativism, like right, like if no one tells yeah. you to kill people, you're not going to kill people. Dude, that comes from a very privileged place. The moral relativism, relativism argument. Uh, sorry, <laughs> definitely had a few beers. Uh, so, like, I think back if we were fucking both cavemen, right? Like, there might be some animosity between you and me because we might be fighting over resources. But then when I we're fighting over like this melon and there's a fucking saber tooth tiger. Uh, do we fight with each other? Do we fight or do we fight this? You know, like, so I think that maybe a lot of our morals are inherent where we find it in our best, our best interest to fight with each other. Um, not with each other, sorry. You know, we fight together to fight this bigger threat. And then we, like, so I, I do think that a lot of our morals maybe we, maybe are, um, are natural, right? And I think that we are a social creature and that's on purpose. Like we were meant to live together because if we don't have each other, if we don't have a community, we do die. That happens. Yeah, and I mean, if we actually had to fight each other, and the only thing we had was sticks and rocks, we're both getting hurt pretty badly. There's no medical care. We're going to be infected. We're going to be limping. Our hands aren't going to like. We're going to have injuries that we cannot heal. So yeah, like we just have to deal with that reality. So the idea that we would be violent without necessity, 
I, I don't buy that argument. Hmm. Well, I like what you're saying, Tony. All right. All right. Um, next question. Does anybody have anything to throw out real fast before I ask the next question? Uh, yeah. Well, um, on the point of no one sings innately, you know, Catholics uh, and Jews both have both believe this uh, very heavily. Uh, to, to the Catholics, when you have to go confess a sin, um, we have a policy: if you don't know it's a sin, you you have committed the sin for the act of uh, not knowing. Like, if you don't know, you're going to be um, Playing the rosary a certain amount of times a day, and you don't do it. Well, that's not a sin because you didn't know. But they also, but they also say it doesn't apply to like murdering people. Like that one, you don't get you don't get to out of. Uh, I was ignorant. You know, you we all have innate moral values, and that is incorporated into uh, Catholic theology very heavily. Okay, because I'm thinking about Cain and Abel. Like, so mm-hmm. I guess Cain still got punished, right? But like, he was the first one to commit murder. He couldn't mm-hmm. claim like ignorance. There was no. Yeah. You know, I don't know. That's I, I didn't know that Rock was going to do that when I hit him on the head. You know, who knew? <laughs> okay, so next question. Uh, and this one might piss people off. I don't know. So libertarians are playing in their little sandbox and would rather be the big fish in the small pond and pretend that there aren't others playing in the playground because they can't uh, transcend the dominance hierarchy. <laughs> that was an interesting one, and I liked it. That was both Craig and Matt. Uh, thoughts on that one? That's true. That's true. I kind of think it's true in a lot of ways. That like, I'm looking about the Libertarian Party in particular when I when I say that it's like they're sitting there talking about like taxes being theft and stuff, and meanwhile there's still fucking bombs being dropped in Yemen, or you know what I mean, or there's still some like crazy shit going on like in the state, and they're just they're they're just trying to get fucking votes for Joe Jorgensen. And this is this is Cato you know, Institute bullshit. That's all this is. Those are the worst yeah, type of libertarians. The worst kind. Yeah. I mean the libertarian parses anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Well, I would go further too. I mean, what about just like libertarian and culture and all? Like it's not just the political realm, but like our ideas aren't winning the culture war. I mean, I don't want to say culture war, but um like it is we are in a culture war right now there is a dominant culture and they are getting what they want and what are we doing we're sitting there arguing about we're like well actually you know what i mean we're the fucking the autistic kid in the fucking playground we're we're sitting in the sandbox masturbating and everybody else is fucking playing on the swings well, I mean, to, to like kind of go club. down that metaphor a little bit longer, I think that we should make our sandbox big enough and cool enough that other people just go there. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think we should try to take over other – like, I, I think that we need to kind of build our own culture up and people be like, what the fuck are you guys doing there? We want some. Because I think that's the way you win the culture war. You don't, like – I mean, aside from just, like, brainwashing people in school, so we kind of don't want to do yeah. – Caleb might. I don't know. I mean, we do because how many times have you heard libertarians say we got to get that three percent? We got to get that three percent so we can get back on the ballot next time around. How many times have you heard that bullshit? Spit on it, daddy. That's exactly what's happening right now. They're seeking, there's. They're seeking 
a platform on a debate stage with the with the Republicans and Democrats. That's all they're doing. They're not seeking to spread a message. They're seeking to get on a platform to tell their side of the story. Their side of the story that 98% of this country is not going to work or or fall in line with. Yep. It's not... Libertarians, man, I love y'all, but y'all are fucked up, man. Y'all have got this (laughs) all wrong. You're seeking a platform through the political party, through a political party that makes, it doesn't make, doesn't mesh with what you're saying. You're being dishonest with yourself and you're being dishonest to everybody else that's trying to, that you're trying to reach. Caleb, what were you saying, buddy? I was don't put the, I thought he was going to vote, vote uh, the music talk people wants the three percent or type. Because I think a lot of music, I don't know anyone in music talk because he brings up, you got to get 5% to get national funding. Most of them hate the idea that we could get national funding in the first place. You know, that would be a performative contradiction if we were accepting government money to fight the government, you know. Um, I think, though, I don't, know, I don't think the music caucus is at all uh, disillusioned with the what we're doing. You know, I think we we know we're using a tool that we don't think should exist. But in the same way, if someone's trying to fix the police, I mean, we have stories in the Bible here, people uh, going in and doing, taking over a political system. You know, Esther, Daniel, uh, Jacob, all these people took political power to make it better for themselves. Is that not maybe an argument that we could say we could take some political action if it's only meant to better immediate surroundings? Like if I went for school, if I went on school choice for mayor of my city, you know, is that okay to take political power? Just to- hang, on hang on one second. I apologize, but Hey Craig, you sound funny underwater again. Go ahead. I can't really hear what he's saying. Yeah. Can you hear me? Uh, better yeah, a little. Now. All right. When did any Christian ever seek political party ever? Um. Uh. What's his name? Uh, it's in Bible. Color many colors. Jacob. No. Nope. Joseph. 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 I mean. You could say that he did not sigh away from it. I'm not going to say he seeked it, but in that specific example, he uh, was given opportunities to wise power. Seeking political power. <laughs> King David. Let's be honest. Let's be yeah. honest about this conversation. They are seeking political power. Period. If you're seeking it with the uh, knowledge that you're not going to get well, it anyway, can you still so you're seeking it? They're seeking political power. What if the, what if your neighbor doesn't agree with you? What if your neighbor doesn't agree with what the Libertarian Party is doing? Is that okay for anarchists to seek political power? Okay, so yeah, I'm going to go back real fast. Is what what Matt said? Uh, what Matt said was, God damn it, what did he say? Uh, he said that people are um, attracted and. And they're going to vote for power. And so let's say the libertarians, like let's even say the Mises caucus is intrinsically not looking for power. They're just looking to be shit posters. They're just looking to uh, try to like 
red pill the room, right? They're trying to get into the debates so that they can basically spoil the debates and call everybody, you know, pieces of shit and, and try to, you know, say the unpopular opinion in the room and win over people, right? But are is anyone actually going to vote for them because they're basically in a nutshell saying, vote for me, I'm going to dismantle all power. When people actually want power, people actually want certain things and they're going to want to vote for the person that actually is going to enact their fucked up view of society. The so, like, I'm talking about doing the same shit. Well, the Mises Caucus is basically, I mean, from my point of view, I've been following it from the beginning because, like, I mean, I was like, what, what, like, I was probably in the first 100 members of the Mises Caucus in on the Facebook and same with Twitter. Uh, so I've been there from the fucking beginning. I essentially what they, uh, and tell me if I'm wrong, Caleb, they what they're trying to do essentially is trying to reenact the Ron Paul movement, right? They're trying to, uh, m- create situations where like Ron Paul on, uh, on a fuck on Fox news talked about how the, that basically uh, 9-11 wasn't, had nothing to do with hating us for our freedom. It had something to do with our foreign policy. And it had something to do with us being basically cunts in the Middle East, right? And everyone wanted him to apologize for that. And Rudy Giuliani had a stink and shit his pants about it. <laughs> and then Ron Paul doubled down and said, no, absolutely. This is called blowback. Even the CIA recognizes that. And that... Mm-hmm. That fucking red pilled an entire generation of young Republicans that were watching that, and they said, "Holy shit, this guy's speaking the truth. This guy doesn't pull punches, right?" Mm-hmm. And so, and essentially, like I think that the Meat Caucus is trying to build up a group so that they can actually be in a position to drop hard red pills when people need to hear it. And so, I I don't think they're actually trying to get political power and so i anyways then why the fuck are they working through a a political party because ron paul was there there representing the republicans and he actually got up there and had the balls to say it so and most people people before this though i mean they weren't craig they absolutely were not not at that time it was after 9-11 it was right after 9-11. No one was saying that. No one was saying that. It was such a big fucking deal that, that Rudy Giuliani like freaked the fuck out and said, you need to apologize, Ron Paul. You need no, to apologize. No. I'm just giving the... Okay, Greg, go ahead. Go. <laughs> this can be achieved without working through the state. Well, okay, like what you're saying right now, Dave Smith goes goes on uh, different uh, news reels, right? He goes on like yeah, exactly, without politics involved at all, right? And so he will drop fucking red pills here and there. But I don't know. I mean, I do understand if that was their only goal, if that's what they were focused on, just trying to get into a debate to drop a red pill if they were not looking for any type of They're not going to be involved in the debate. That's a pipe dream. I agree. I understand that. They're not going to be involved in any 
presidential debate ever whatsoever. And libertarians need to understand that. Fuck your 30%, fuck your 5%. <laughs> it's not going to happen. No, but if, get, but if we get Bill Wells, come on, Bill Wells, dude, we got him. If we get Bill Wells, then we'll make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> we need Bill Wells and Joe Zogerson. We need Racy on. We need to bomb more Israeli kids. You know, so <laughs> trust the plan. Trust the plan. Just, Gary, okay. Gary Johnson <laughs> and Bill Wells with their with their run got so them on TV, but they're not libertarians. What's Jay Aleppo? Is a, is a libertarian, yeah, <laughs> and he's already been on these shows. He's already been on mainstream media. It's not necessary to work through the state to do this. He's already done it. So, ah. well, well, okay, I'll play. I'll, I think that you could reach different people by going through this path. Like, I don't know what his motives are. But if his motives are just basically the shit post and red pill, then he's got he an audience already being on like the Sunday shows or whatever. When you get to the point where the mainstream can't ignore you, that's a different crowd entirely. So, Do you think Fox News is going to have Dave Smith on to counteract whoever the next Republican nominee is? I don't I know. Do I mean, Smith on to counteract whoever the Biden. Yes, I actually do, just so that they can do a smear on him. So they will try to get him on there, and they will edit whatever he has to say. And so that actually works into my next question. Okay, so let's go to the next question. The next question is this: Matt made a point saying that if the LPMC, so that's Dave ever actually became a threat to the cathedral, they would be looked at as Nazis or Proud Boys even. Yeah, but now. So I think that he's 100% correct. So he says, we can look at uh, the gentleman that was just killed. Someone like John Hurley. So we can talk about him for a second. He says, you can already see like the blue checks on Twitter painting uh, this actual hero as like a right-wing extremist, right? They're calling him a conspiracy theorist, a nut job. Anyone, but but so forget him for just a second. He just says, anybody that gets too close to power that is an actual threat will be deemed as a terrorist. And that's what like Joe Biden is already saying. And he's already labeling normal libertarians as a terrorist threat. What are you guys' thought about that? I mean, that's happening. We, we know that we're going in, you know. At the moment, people like Vince Peel call a Nazi. You know, everyone's going to get called a Nazi. You know, this is a this is a new political reality that people have to just accept and deal with. That it's not even if you. I mean, the bully boys have like no power, and they get called uh, Nazis. You know, I mean, they were the Batman comic, white nationalist, anti-government. Like, somebody were white nationalist, and they were anarchists. It was ridiculous. And they, I don't see these uh, valid concerns as actual uh, arguments against one or against doing something. That's 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 just a new political concept. You're not gonna get rid of it or get rid of it. Uh, ignore it. It's just going to be there. So you have to just accept it and move forward. It's not going away. Okay, uh, Tony, what do you think about that? One hundred percent. Yeah, I, I agree with that completely. And I think it's really smart strategically. What, like, however you feel about people running, that just to get ahead of it, just a strategy, just being like, yeah, this is coming, and don't be surprised when this happens. 
And I'm surprised, I'm really surprised that no one has strategically thought to actually frame it in that term because it's completely what's happening. It's really obvious, but people still fall for it. So I'm glad if nothing else that people can wake up to that. Craig, what do you think, buddy? <laughs> I am trying my best not to just view this as a, as a Christian and <laughs> only as an anarchist. And it's, it's probably to a fault, maybe. I don't know. Because I always go back to just being a Christian about this. And I don't know if Dave Smith is a Christian. I know no. Tom Woods is. And he's involved with this garbage. And he calls himself an anarchist. That's confusing. That is confusing to people that are trying to understand what Christian anarchists are, Christians are, or anarchists are. It's confusing. They already have a platform. They already have a platform. Tom Woods is one of the greatest speakers that we've ever heard in our lifetime. I agree with just about everything he says. But I don't agree with what he's doing right now. And that gets me so much blowback from, from libertarians. And I'm like, but he's he's a man. He's not Jesus. Stop acting like he's Jesus. Maybe he's wrong. People need to consider that for a second. Maybe Dave Smith is wrong about doing this. Maybe Tom Woods is wrong. I adore Scott Horton. Scott Horton's my guy. I had him on my show. And he's involved with all this. I don't know that Scott Horton ever, ever claims to be an anarchist. I know Tom Woods did. Let's get the terminology down right. Let's get it down. Words mean things. Let's be right about what we're doing and stop confusing this fucking message, man. It, 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 it could be so easy to be to get people to be anarchists if you had anarchists actually being anarchists or agorists or Christians. Come on. This shit infuriates me, man. And I don't have the, the same platform they do. I got a small platform. And this is going to piss people off. I don't care if they call themselves a libertarian. I don't care if they call themselves a minarchist. I care when they call themselves an anarchist and get involved with this shit. It makes no sense. It's completely backwards to the message. There's no reason for anarchists to get involved with a political party to seek power. Now, you're going to tell me that anarchists are not, or they're not seeking political power? Bullshit. Bullshit. They are seeking power when they say they're not seeking power. If you are working through a political party to get people elected to rule over other folks, you're not being honest with yourself. It's bullshit. 
Quick, are, are you uh, out of curiosity here? Are you even, I know you're against uh, music colleagues. Are you even against uh, local elections? You know, having someone run for sale to nullify any bad law that comes into place? Like, would you object to anarchists running for sale to nullify bad laws? I'm against anybody seeking power over anybody else. Even if you're only going to use that power to nullify future powers or existing powers. Show me, like, show you, me you go in and liberate. Show me, the, show me the evidence when that has ever happened. And I'll well, eat that's your right, hypothetical. And if you, I mean, you know, hypothetical, but has, has it ever happened? Show me any evidence that that has ever been the case, and I'll eat your hat. I'm just saying that when you first said that, I thought you said that I'll eat your ass. But <laughs> sorry, but eat your hat is much more Texan. Sorry. <laughs> Freaking pervert. <laughs> okay, so uh, we're running out of time, I think. Uh, <laughs> and I don't know how long you guys want to go, but we're at two and a half hours here. Uh, wow. So let's let's go to the next question here. Uh, so it says, uh, I, so I'm gonna have to skip probably some of these damn questions. Uh, if you want to replace this system, you need to understand that uh, you need to understand that the old one is, uh, oh, you need to understand the old one, right? So do not tear down a fence before you know why it's there, right? Yeah. So uh, you need to understand why people's realities and thoughts and their processes, right? So what ideas do they know and that they live by? So otherwise, the fence may be replaced by the global government rather than liberty. Um, how do we, so what are we going to do and how do we, replace this system before we tear down the old one i mean because see i want to go back to how do we get to be the guys that build this ship what do we like i so we're we're talking a, a lot about negative things but i want to see uh how do we be proactive in this we we're all like again we're all on the titanic we're all watching it sink right now how do we like what system do we build before we like like you were saying, Caleb, you're you want to see it collapse. You want to fucking accelerate it. Uh, hold on, buddy. Please, let's build a new fence before we tear down the old one. Uh, maybe. Okay. So, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Real fast. Yeah, it's that's absolutely. Problem. Go ahead. Like, um, yeah, if we end up like having more liberty, we're more vulnerable to other people who want drastically less liberty. So, um. Yeah, I think we build up ourselves. I think that that's what we do. And we, we, I think the shifting of the focus to rather like figure out like the problem and try to figure out like what the state's doing and how it's fucked up and just figuring out like what we can do to empower ourselves so we're not susceptible to this state, which makes us not susceptible to the next state. Because there's a, there's a lot more fucked up shit beyond our borders. Mm-hmm. Craig, what do you think, buddy? Build a fence. <laughs> this shit cracks me up. Yeah, I heard I heard him say that. And I kinda understand what he said. But why do we need to build a fence? Why do we need to build build a fence before we understand what the other fence is about? 
you, you don't know what a stand-up event, you know, could be a dam for all we know, you know, it could be something that said, I could be, you could be keeping out of a wild animal, you know, like if there's no sign that says there's a tiger fence, you pop it down to the tiger. Well, you might want to know what's on the other side of that fence. You know, that's, I know what's on the other side of the fence. We, we, we see this, we, we've seen this from the inception of this country with the founders. If, if, the founders were probably libertarian under our, our understanding. Now we have Joe Biden. Much closer than Joe Biden. Think about that for a second. The founders created this thing called America, and now we have Joe Biden. Why are we, why are we beating our heads against the wall to try and figure this shit out? It's already been figured out. It's a thing. There's no reason trying to fix this. It, Craig, it, are you saying go back to the Constitution? No, I'm saying. Okay. What are you saying, buddy? I'm saying go back to individualism. Going back. Did that to ever exist, though? Did that ever exist? And or all I'm saying is like maybe that's the new fence we build. Like that's that's I guess what Why the question is saying. Because nobody believes in individualism now. Because everybody thinks about collectivism. Everybody wants uh, their neighbor to pay so that their kid can go to college. Nobody think so. What I'm saying is like Do you think it, that's going to build the fence. Do you think that's going to change with a libertarian message? I don't know, Craig. That's what I'm saying. I don't know if it has you to be a message. You Craig, Craig, you I'm not know. saying that. Craig, I'm not saying the fence is the libertarian message. I'm not saying the LPMC is the fucking new fence. I'm saying what could be the fence? What could we do? I, I'm, I'm open to suggestions, but I'm not saying the libertarian party is the fucking fence. Follow Christ. Okay, <laughs> Tony, what do you think about all this? Um. Yeah, I don't know what the I don't know what the new way is. Um, I think that just decentralize, um, take back power. I mean, one of the one of the criticisms I had about that whole episode just seemed to be it was so much about how to get power, and there was nothing on how to retain power. And I feel like that's where my focus is more. I just don't want to give up these because like the this power that exists in the political realm, it only exists because we're putting so much energy there. And instead of trying to figure out like how to get there or how not to get there, just been like, okay, like how can we not put energy there? So I mm. think that, I don't know whether that's like helps or not, but I guess that's where I'm at. Caleb, do you got some thoughts, buddy? Um, no, not, not, not really. I'm, be doing it you know by yeah um listen and learn try to figure out what it is uh on a personal level just infect who you can with the ideas you know like do your podcast but your message that's all i can say i don't have any idea what to build in this place you know i yeah. i did have one question though how much longer do you plan to record because it's 130 where i'm at so it's, <laughs> i'm sorry it's... buddy let's let's wrap this up in about five minutes does that work for you works great for me yeah Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, I know this one went long, um, and I did. This has been a great conversation, and I, 
I love all you guys. So thank you for coming on. Um, I, I guess me and Tony, uh, this is also a like conspiracy theory kind of podcast too. So, uh, Caleb, what's your craziest conspiracy theory? What, what do you think is going on in the world? Or what's something that you like to flirt with? This is, maybe it's not even something you believe, but it's something you like to flirt with. What do you got, buddy? Uh, oh, uh, the moon is a hologram. That one. The moon is like a hologram, it. yeah. Like, like, it makes so much money made off the moon, you know? This moon's a hologram. That's the most outlandish conspiracy theory I could even think is possible. But there's a lot of conspiracy theories that I believe in that are probably true. So, this guy. I like it. Okay. <laughs> uh, Craig, what are your craziest conspiracy theory, buddy? <laughs> that I don't believe this data is legitimate. <laughs> That's just fact. Is it fact? I mean, because there's a lot of folks that think it's legitimate. I mean, yeah, but facts are by truth, not by numbers. Not legitimate. And I get called a conspiracy theorist. Cool. Well, it could be because you're saying the word legitimate and people are thinking they're referring it to the election. Like, that could be <laughs> it. But um, that's the, I mean, like, that's the craziest conspiracy theory? I mean, I don't know. It's like, it's have, like, you not, have you not been talking to Republicans and Democrats? <laughs> yeah, they and believe stupid shit. I mean, I mean, a lot of people believe stupid are buying into this con- conspiracy theory that the state is legitimate. You know, I kind of sort of think, like, as far as conspiracy theories go, like, is Joe Biden even really alive right now? No. <laughs> it's funny you said that shit, baby, because he's dead. I, I mentioned my brother and sister-in-law earlier who are Democrats. My brother's like, is he even alive? <laughs> we even know where he's at. Is he deep faked at this point? Like, do they just have some old man and they just like deep fake his fucking face on there? I mean, but he's so. Sh- yeah, does he have a body double? He definitely does. How much oh, adrenochrome yeah. is he on to keep him just animate? Like, is the corpse that has been dead for probably two years at this point, but they knew that mm-hmm. he was the only chance to win. So they've been using this inanimate corpse. Like, I don't know. So that's where my head goes. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's not Dale. It's uh, it's too much there. God bless him. God bless my president, oh. Roman thirteen. I'm gonna go oh. lick Biden's boots. I, I physically cringe and hurt now. <laughs> well, I think this is probably a good place to close. Um, thank you guys for coming on. Uh, Caleb, thank you very much. I'm sorry it's late. You need to go to bed. And uh, Craig, I love you, buddy. You're the shit. Um, thank, thank you guys. You're fucking awesome. Um, I'd love to have you both on again for other reasons and uh, or for the same if we want to cover more of this shit. I don't know. But um, I appreciate you guys. Uh, Tony, you want the last word, buddy? Um, yeah, thank you. Um... I was going to say, my favorite conspiracy is always hollowed moons as it's a spaceship. I only believed it for about a day, but it really freaks me out. So, Dude, can we get on it? Can we get the fuck off of this goddamn rock? I want on the fucking moon. Let's go. We'll never get there. Nathan, I apologize for being so loud. 
No, I love you, buddy. <laughs> no, man, you're good. You're yeah, right. I get, I get, I get, I get a little passionate about this shit, man. It just, I apologize if. Uh, actually, I don't care if I rub people the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's you don't, buddy. Thing. I know you don't, and I love you. <laughs> love you, homie. All right, no king but Christ, and uh, everybody go and uh, let's all be our own fucking kings. Fuck the state, and fuck everybody else. It's been a good conversation. All right, peace, everybody. Take care.